This podcast is a production of Mutant Donkey. Uh, if you like Mutant Donkey, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mutant donkey. You can also follow us on Twitter at mutant underscore donkey. We also have a presence on YouTube at the Mutant Donkey channel, so please like and subscribe if you like this. Thank you. Fair warning. The Mutant Donkey Podcast may be inappropriate for people without a sense of humor or for people under the age of 30. Thank you for listening. Eat. Hello, the house. How you doing, Pond? What's up, man? Welcome to the oh, Donkey Podcast. Much. What's yeah. happening? Am I late to the party? Uh, no. Oh, about 30 seconds, but not a big deal. So, this is a special episode because it's the first time that the three main dudes are here. Candyman, Eat, and Andrusito are all at the same time. So oh, okay. We have the trifecta. This is the first time it's happened since we started this podcast. So... Welcome. Today on an extra special episode. Yes, today on an extra <laughs> special episode. Before I must come up, I must come up with some disclaimers, which are Mutant Donkey is now on Instagram. Uh, it's Mutant Donkey, but Mutant Donkey with a three instead of an E because, of course, somebody had Mutant Donkey already. Uh, That's a disturbing thought, actually. Yeah. Somebody else out there was like, hey, a donkey, but also a mutant. Yeah. And uh, actually, there's two. One is Mutant Donkey without a underscore and the other one's mutant donkey with an underscore and so mine is mutant donkey with an underscore but an, a three instead of an e okay so that's how you get to my instagram and there i'm putting all the images from my sketches and anything related to graphics for gamers a couple of pictures here and there that i'm doing um and let's see what else oh yeah the if you guys have anything to put in the mutant donkey poetry corner just send me an audio file and i will just insert it on the poetry corner section, which is at the beginning Sounds of the good. podcast before we actually start. So, so you guys ready to get started? Uh, I'm good to go. Okay, cool. So we have we have Eat from California, we have Candyman from California, Andrusito from Texas, and me here in Texas. So uh, let's see who wants to start telling us what they have been up to. Um, I'll jump right in if you want. All right, go ahead. Um, so. Last few weeks have been pretty exciting for me. Um, I have gotten into a couple of games that are really fun, and I've been watching some stuff that I've been enjoying. Um, so first of all, Andy and I have been playing Stardew Valley. Oh, you're playing uh, the two-player version. I've never, I haven't tried that yet. Is that pretty good? It's it's a lot of fun. Um, the thing is, is that Andy is way better at the social aspect of it, while I am. I, I just want to farm is all I want to do. <laughs> so he goes around and he figures all the stuff out. And then I just sort of like, ho. Huh. But uh, as much fun as that game has been, and it has been a lot of fun, um, I found a new game that I've really been adoring. Uh, it is called uh, Void Bastards. Void Bastards. That sounds like a pretty good title. It's it's one of my favorite titles of the last 10 years, really. Um, but... So it gameplay wise, it plays kind of like a cross between um, FTL, 
Mm -hmm. Great little game. Just to clarify, FTL is faster than light. Yes. Uh, Little indie game, great little button pusher. Uh, Good little casual game, too. Um, But it also has uh, elements of Doom 2 in it. In other words, the premise of the game is that you are a... As far as I can tell, a backpack that like inhabit a criminal and the point is is that you are trying to get out of this nebula you've got to collect things and you've got to go from ship to ship board the ship and then go in guns a blazing to collect whatever it is you want the shooting mechanics are really simple like i said it's basically doom 2 there's not a lot of uh you know crouching hiding little bit wrong of with doom mechanic. oh there's nothing it's a fantastic game um, but it's it's like a stripped down version, okay. and uh, each one of the ships has its own little set of unique challenges. Uh, you know, the power's out, or the doors are locked, or something. And so, while you're looking around the ship, trying to stay away from these kind of mutated people that live there, um, you're also, you know, dealing with stuff. And each time your character dies, it's replaced with another felon. Um, that has their own list of crimes that they've committed, which are usually pretty hilarious. And um, you are kind of, they have their pluses and minuses. So they're really tall. Great. You can, you know, pry stuff open better, but uh, you also have to duck to get through doors. You can't crouch and get through broken glass, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Um, Really fun game, really addictive. I've been playing it now for many, many hours. I'm looking at it on the Steam. Um, it looks like the graphics are kind of stylized, a little bit similar to Borderlands, like a more affordable version of Borderlands, I guess. Okay, sort of. Um, it's actually meant to look like a comic book. Okay. So, yes, the graphics are they're pretty cel-shady, you know, not complicated. Um, but they actually do kind of a fun thing with it, which is uh, whenever you're, like, listening for bad guys, you'll actually see, like, words about, you know, like the little... Uh, uh, onomatopoeia words like clunk or whir or wisp and depending on what the word is you can tell what the bad guy is on the other side of the door that's waiting to do oh, cool. horrible things to your body so it kind of they, they do a good job of playing it into what's going on okay that looks good I'm going to add this to my wish list done <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as things I've been watching um, I just about to finish the boys from Amazon. Oh man, I haven't even started. How's that? Uh, okay, you guys know I've been I've been pretty vocal that I've been on some superhero fatigue recently, yeah. and uh, so I was. It was only by the power of Carl Urban that I was even going to pay attention to this thing for any amount of time, and I've really been enjoying it. Uh, whoever wrote it had a great sense of the kind of indie graphic novels coming out of dark horse and some of those other you know indie labels in the early you know uh the early 90s mm-hmm. um it has a great feel for that over the top what can we get away with you know what just turning everything on its ear and they've done a good job with it. uh every one of the actors has been really spot on and i've really enjoyed the performances so while I've got, you, you get into those places in life where you're, you're just burned out on something. And, you know, this was kind of, 
for me, the interview with a vampire of superhero film movies. I mean, cool. it's or superhero series. It's easily digestible. It's it's fun. It's interesting. It's really really rowdy. And you know, Carl Urban man doesn't do bad work. So yeah, he was like the writer of Rohan and Lord of the Rings, right? He was. He's also Dread. He was also oh yeah, on the Good uh, Dread movie. The, yeah. Yes, he was also uh, the head vampire in the movie Priest, starring Paul Bettany. Oh yeah, that movie was awesome. It was pretty awesome. I like that. I need to rewatch that movie. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. Okay, well let's go over to Candyman. What are you doing, or what have you been doing? Um, I haven't watched much. Just what I what I normally like. I'll watch. I still watch Adult Swim, and. Uh, just kind of, you know, various anime things that are on there. Um, but what I've mostly been doing, so I have been playing uh, before, the, kind of before, I've, I've finally kind of, I uh, think I might have kicked my Deep Rock Galactic habit. Oh, really? We'll see. It's so early. The, the intervention worked then, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. What's that? So that that intervention where we all came in and sat down and told you how your deep rock galactic playing has been affecting our lives. Yeah, exactly. So no, and it's I mean it's still fun, but this week like there's a weekly quest thing, you know, where every week you get some bonus resources for doing like three missions, and I just like I, I logged on to do it, and I was just like, eh, I'm I'm just not not in the mood to sit there and grind out some missions to get my little free nuggets. So. uh but uh, I had really been, I, and I really do like that game. It's it's a really good co-op game. Uh, but I think I've just kind of uh, played it out, so to speak. Um, I've been playing. So Andres, I think I don't remember if it was during. I don't remember if it was during the podcast or while we were playing Project Zomboid. But um, we were playing Andres Seven Days to Die of, last time we recorded a podcast. I was trying to piece together the broken podcast. That- you know, yeah, that was uh, that was that was great too because it's always like someone's like uh, you know it's like hey how do I get in the food chest and we're like anyway so what I was playing <laughs> yeah. last week it's like shut up so was... we can have a conversation <laughs> so, so this is all fallout from the missing podcast yeah pretty much <laughs> so so yeah anyway so I've been playing Stardew Valley and it's uh, for those that haven't played it and the funny thing is I've had it in my Steam library for. A long time, and of course, I just uh, I, I have a habit of buying Steam games and not playing them, which I think is called being a gamer. Nobody here uh, knows me about that, right, Andrew? Wink, wink. No. I have played and beaten every game that's in my Steam library. I don't buy another one until the last game is beaten. I have not played <laughs> yeah, far exactly. more than I've played. <laughs> so, uh, Anyways, for those who haven't played it, because I, like I said, I owned it for years and never played it, and then of course I played it, and uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty engrossing. Uh, it's basically, you know, it, it's it's really like a, a a love song to like Super Nintendo games, I think. Wait, which game are we like talking about? Stardew Valley. Oh, Stardew Valley. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically kind of an homage to to like the old Super Nintendo games. It it, it looks a lot like a Super Nintendo game, like the the characters and stuff. And in fact, it really has a lot of things that harken back to that to that era. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at like the characters' rooms, like everyone has a room, and there's like little art and decorations in there that kind of reflect the character's personality. And uh, like the gamer girl, um, Abigail 
as like a Chrono Trigger poster on her oh, wall. Oh, really? <laughs> and uh, cool. there's some there's there's just little things like that all over. There's like like artwork and stuff on like one of the buildings had a a Super Nintendo character on it. Like there's just little you know like cool little kind of almost Easter egg kind of like little call outs to to things from that era. And the graphics are very pixelized, you know, like not very detailed, but it's a modern game. But anyways, it's just kind of a fun little game. Basically, you have a farm. And you farm, and you go around and talk to all the people, and give them presents, and they like you, and they kind of get to learn everyone's personality and make friends with them. And there's kind of yearly events and stuff. But basically, you like plant a bunch of food, and then you can process it, so you can like make wine, and then you can age the wine in your wine cellar, and make honey, and you know make various kind of crafty things. So it kind of appeals to my whole grow and craft vibe. Yeah, I remember playing that a couple of years ago, and I got engrossed in it. Where you just have to play one more day, one more day, one more day, and I got really hooked on it. But yeah, and that's the kind of the problem. Kind of, it's kind of the their their kind of their sneaky little in is basically um, you can't save the game. Mm-hmm. So the game saves every day. So basically, a game day I would say is like maybe fifteen minutes, something mm-hmm. like that. Fifteen or twenty. I've never timed it. Sounds about right. But um, when you go to bed at night. Or if you stay up too late and pass out, when Ethan and I were playing, every single time we we're like, "It's one o'clock. We gotta run home and get to bed before we pass <laughs> out." And every time we like pass out, like in the in the freaking oh. like right after we get in the front door of the house, we like pass out like six steps from the bed. Oh, I have no. spent a lot of time sleeping on my rug in that game. <laughs> so, so, so we were. So you, when, every, it. anyways, when you go to it. sleep, you um, recover your energy for the day, and then it saves the game during the middle of the night, and then it, you know, it kind of does kind of housekeeping for the day. But then what happens is you wake up and you're like, okay, I got to remember to like do this and do this and do this, so you do that, and then you're like, okay, well now I'm halfway through the day and I can't save, so I've got to finish the day, and then you finish the day, and it's just this cycle where you can never leave Stardew Valley. Yeah, I've been there, <laughs> but it's an awesome game. Yeah, I finally made it to Stardew Valley. Why, Andrew, you've never left. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the other one. The other one we've been playing is um, Project Zomboid. Yes. Which did we have we talked about that in the podcast, Andres? We talked about it briefly, but we didn't talk about the major funny thing that happened with Josue. Uh, But you can go ahead and tell the story. Well. Which I don't. I might not remember. Oh, you might not remember what happened. Oh, uh, you. We were all three. You and I were infected, and we we're gonna die. Oh, that. And, and yeah, you that, died next yeah. to me. And I thought it was gonna take a while for you to respawn. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know that you could respawn like that as a zombie in the game. And so you went down next to me, and I'm like, oh, he's dead. And then you rise right away, and you bite me, and I'm dead. And Josue was talking to his cat or his dog or something in the background, like, puto perro de mierda. He's, like, saying some stuff like this. His, his dog peed on his carpet or something, or he threw up, and so he was away from keyboard, but he left his mic on, so we could hear all the cursing and all the stuff he was doing in the background. Meanwhile, Candyman and I just turned into zombies in-game and were, like, chewing on his character, and Josue was none the wiser because he didn't know what was going on. So he comes back and logs back on, and, lo- and, and he comes back to a screen just showing a zombie character shuffling around the woods, and that's pretty much it. So we all, we all died in bestial fashion. It was, it was great. Yeah, yeah, that was... I, and I felt bad. I knew I was... 
I knew I was sick, but I didn't, I've never, you know, I hadn't died before, and I didn't know how long I, you know, I didn't know how long I had, I didn't know how, like, how, how many stages the infection had. Well, sure, and, you didn't have to practice. Thought, oh, sorry, say that again? No, I said, well, sure, sure, you were confused, you didn't have the practice. Yeah, and so Andres was, and Andres kept kind of saying, like, oh, I'm, I'm about to die, I'm about to die, so I was kind of like, okay, well, Andres is going to die first, <laughs> and I died, and then I just started, uh... I, I like Andres. I just like chewed him up really fast, yeah. and then we both got up and chewed on Josue, and we uh, <laughs> ate him. Yeah. Um, but it's a fun little game, and it's kind of a bummer because I haven't been able to find anyone to play it with. Um, well, we'll be back on it probably this week or this coming weekend. I know Justin has that server up now, and, and he was able to reset it, so we can just now play on the persistent server. Yeah, but basically, it's it's a really um, it's a super hardcore game. It is it is really merciless. Um, basically, it's pretty much like you'd think in a zombie movie. Like if you get bitten, you're dead. Um, you turn into a zombie in about two days if you get bitten, and if you get scratched by a zombie, you have a twenty five percent chance to turn into a zombie. Now, unfortunately for me, every time I've ever gotten <laughs> scratched, I I've turned into a zombie. <laughs> One hundred percent chance. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that means all three of us are okay if he gets scratched. Exactly. Right. I have no chance of. Uh, I know, historically, going back to my childhood playing Dungeons and Dragons, I, if I have a ninety-seven percent chance to make my saving throw, I'm gonna fail my saving throw. You it's have, just, it's just the rules. Yeah, You've had some amazing moments. <laughs> but yeah, but, he, uh, he takes all that bad mojo away from us. So yeah. Super hardcore. Um, basically, if you get bitten, you're you're done for. And uh, the combats, it's kind of a like isometric game. The combats, in my opinion, a little janky. So basically, you're you're pretty much gonna die because <laughs> your character, if you get one mistake, one you know, if you get hit once, basically your character dies. So so you're pretty much living on borrowed time. But it's 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 a lot like Seven Days to Die, except that it's, instead of having like Instead of being able to play like first person, it's basically like third person. Yeah, it's like isometric. What's that? It's like isometric okay. view. Oh yeah, I th yeah. I wasn't sure if you'd call that third person or isometric, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's both, third person isometric. And uh, the interface is honestly the interface isn't great, but um, but it's just it's and even though dying really really sucks because you it actually has like a fully detailed system where you can get levels and skills and all this stuff but the problem is that uh, the stakes are just really high because if you make one mistake and you get scratched or bitten then then you know you're you're pretty much done for. But to be, to be fair, the game tells you almost immediately that you are going to die, right? Yeah, I mean, the opening yeah. the opening line of the game is this is how you die. This is the story of how you died. Is how the game opens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty much, and it's not mincing any words. It's it's there to kill you. You're <laughs> you're 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 not gonna. This isn't seven days to die where you're like gonna like you know make something out of yourself. It's like no, you're gonna get a little ways and then you're gonna have a horrible death. Um, but what I will say, so it has vehicles, and honestly, the vehicles are just fantastic. I've got like a single player game, and so I just couldn't believe how many damn zombies there. Like the towns are really really honking full of zombies so in my little single player game because oh so we have another thing that uh like i that triggered me so so ethan sito you know likes Which to uh, on right now 
Oh, is he here? Yep, he's here now. No? He didn't say anything. Or he snuck in me through the back door. No, I heard someone join, but I, no, they didn't say hi, and I didn't check. But um, so so we had a thing um, where um, we we went and got so the cars are really fun in that game, and and uh, so we went and got a couple. Of, we got a car. I got a car, and then I found another car. I found another key, and so I had Ethan. No, Andres went with me, and we went to go get that car. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were driving back to the base with the car. And Ethan, we run into Ethan in the road, and he, like, we have a bunch of zombies chasing us, because, and again, this, you have to realize this game is, like, really realistic to, like, the zombie genre. Like, like if you're in a car that makes noise, all of the zombies come. Not just some, not half, but all of the zombies come. Um, every zombie comes. And so all these zombies are chasing us, and Ethan just decides to stop in the road and basically dares me to run him over. And of course, I don't have the balls to do it. So, so Andres goes, "Well, I'm gonna get freaking eaten." So he floors it and, and like rams me and like knocks me into a tree, and the car like flips upside down. It was a glitch. And the car was like in midair, like sideways. It was something weird that happened. I don't know. Yeah, it got a little bugged. But so in my single player game, I got a vehicle. I was like, you know what? So you can run down zombies in your car. And so I was just like, all right, let's you know, let's investigate this phenomenon. Let's just do a little scientific study. <laughs> See how far this thing goes. So I got a car and I just started. Well, I tried to get into it. It started where I tried to get into this warehouse and it had an alarm on it. So when the alarm goes off, as you might have guessed, all of the zombies come. So all these zombies came and I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to get in my car. I'm just going to see how many of these things I can run down. But I had a second car. So I was like, you know what? I lose this car. No harm. I'm just going to see how many zombies I can run down. I ran down at least 80 zombies. I ran. I spent like two hours just doing laps. <laughs> and so it turns out I don't think the cars have durability because I was literally just... I found this highway outside the warehouse and I just kept going to the end of the road, flipping a bitch and coming back <laughs> and just running over about six, eight zombies. And like sometimes you'd knock out their legs and they'd just be like crawlers, you know, like dragging themselves yeah. by their hands. And I'd just be like, all right, I'll, you know, I got some for you too. And I just, I just kept running them down and i got bored there were so many zombies i was just like i mean i i can show you the road there's so <laughs> many zombies but i just i got bored i was like my god i can't believe how many zombies no, don't just keep respawning endlessly right i don't think so i just oh, think no? there's a lot of them well, i thought you I told mean, me that they respawn every once in a while they do respawn but that it's like every 14 hours or something oh okay like yeah, in but real anyways, life or game I think real life, but actually that's okay. a good question. Anyways, fun game. Uh, it, but yeah, it's hardcore. But it's it's hyper-realistic, and it does kind of scratch that itch a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we definitely had a lot of fun. So, uh, Androsito, cool. what have you been doing and watching and playing? If well, anything. mostly school. Uh, but I did go see that, what I'm sure is going to be an Academy Award winning movie. I saw Crawl. Oh, I want to see that. Was that good? That's Sam Raimi's new film, isn't it? It sure is. <laughs> oh, I think he just produced it, though. I, I don't think he... It was some other guy that directed it. Oh, okay. But but you can tell he got his hands in there a little bit. Oh, you love to see it. Yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. So I saw that. Uh, I saw Lion King. I went and saw two movies. Um, and I am currently three episodes into The Boys. Everything Ethan said. Oh, okay, that's good. Yes. Yeah, it's... 
It's Wait. it's like it's the best time I've had watching TV in a long time. Yeah, I'm saving that for a special occasion where we can all be sitting together and like let's watch something. It started out the same as Ethan, where I was just like, okay, I want to watch Carl Urban, and mm -hmm. I was waiting and I was waiting, and I was like, damn it, like is he in this? I think he's <laughs> in this, right? So it takes a while on the first episode for him to show up, but then it's all him for the rest of oh. everything. It's it's the best. Yeah, it's so good. And really, the really people like they got to play the bad guys are just. The actor that plays um, sort of the, the the Superman analog yes. called Homelander, that guy is really scary. Yep. He does psychopathic brilliantly. Well, and the funny thing about the whole thing is just how douchey you can imagine these people with superpowers would become just from being so powerful. Yeah. And, just... and man, it's, it's all of it. Every little piece of it. Even the invisible guy, it all fits. It's yeah. just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so good. <laughs> I can't say enough, but I'm not going to say anything. You guys got to watch it. Yeah, don't watch it with your kids. Oh God, no! Yeah, no, not even, not even a little bit. Not even, yeah, no. Don't even watch the previews. It's, it's watch uh... the previews. There's a <laughs> lot of questions that will be uncomfortable for you to answer. Yeah, for the for the very best of reasons. Yes, one hundred. And this is like Andrew Sito asking those questions. This is basically a grown man like, uh, what am I seeing? <laughs> what yes. is this? Nothing. Just leave it for those of us that have already been damaged beyond repair. We'll we'll explain it to you later. Just, just go live your life. Oh. And that's one reason why I love it so much. Yep. Cool. Well, I will be watching that. It was Lion King any good? Um, so I'm torn on Lion King. It's awesome. Uh, I will say first off, it is really, really good. But it is literally Lion King. Like, there's nothing changed. It's just... Kind of like the Beauty and the Beast remake. Yeah. Uh, maybe even more like, so though. I did like that, but uh, it's so freaking beautiful. Like especially, I watched it in IMAX, mm -hmm. and it, it seems so photorealistic sometimes in the in the scenery that yeah, it's 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 really freaking awesome. Like half the time, even when I was kind of bored in the middle of it, that I, okay, I've seen all of this. It was still so cool to watch. But man, the freaking hyenas, dude! Like Jesus Christ, they're so freaking scary in that movie. Like. Oh, yeah? it, yeah, like I wasn't ready for that. Like I, I was, you know, I'm, I was ready for Scar. Sure, he's gonna be kind of scary, but man, the, the remake is the the hyenas are no joke. They're really freaking scary. They have okay. like the reddish eyes of uh, some of the scenes from the. No, it's just like uh, I, I mean, they look like freaking hyenas, yeah. and, and and they uh, there's not they're not dumb like they were in the original yeah, cartoon. They don't have like the whole comedy thing. No, no, not even a little bit. Oh, not, wow. No. No, they're they're freaking scary. So, you, I mean, I, spoilers. You know, you guys know how the movie ends. The no. Scar's end in this movie is freaking. It's the exact same thing. Like it even plays out the same way. Yeah. But it's just horrible. Like it almost scarred me. I'm like Jesus Christ. It's so much worse when they look realistic. <laughs> yeah. When it's like, like oh life. my god. Like he was okay. Like he he would have been fine. But nope. <laughs> wow. Like man, that was rough. That does. It's a good time. Go see it. Uh, <laughs> All right. But well, as far as what I've been playing, I've been playing the early access of Gloomhaven on Steam. Oh yeah, I saw you playing that. Um, I've been playing that. I've been playing Marvel but, Ultimate Alliance on the Switch. By the way, how is Gloomhaven compared to when we were playing it together as a board game? Well, I mean, just like any any D and D or any experience like that, especially with Gloomhaven, it's so involved. When you play with a group of people, it's a different experience, right? Like, yeah, a lot of it is the stories that you tell together the whole time that you're playing, and the way you kind of 
try to keep each other alive is pretty great. Yeah. Um, the early access for Gloomhaven right now, the campaign isn't open yet. Mm-hmm. So all they have open is adventure mode. And basically okay. in adventure mode, in the beginning, you can only play with two characters uh, in your party. Yeah. You have to unlock three. So you have to play through, I think, the adventure at least one time to unlock the ability to play with three. Okay. But aside from that, it's basically the same. Like, it is the whole map. Um, you run your two characters through everything. And, I mean, you do have road events. You have town events. Um, you're, you're literally playing with the same card sets. Mm-hmm. Um, the character that I use, well, class, I guess. The class that I use in Gloomhaven isn't on there right now. Uh, I've been playing with a Craigheart and uh, I can't remember what the, the Brute, I think. Yeah. So I've been playing with the two of them, um, and I've already got them up to level two. And I mean, it's cool because everything still scales. It, it's basically just like playing the board game; just everything is on the computer now, and okay. you have the same movement scheme. That's the same turn base action. Um, everything's literally the same. It's just since it's not a campaign, you don't have all the bells and whistles. And okay. they've retooled a couple of things already since I started playing it, but most of it's behind the scenes. You don't really notice it that much when you're playing there's more encounters now i think oh but i mean it's at first i think it was i was a little disappointed but the more you play the more it gets it's hooked into you just like the board game oh yeah because it is very similar i just it's a lot more fun to play with that giant board with a bunch of guys you know yeah that that game is a lot of fun we're gonna have to have another trip in october or something to go to a remote cabin and play that yeah stop well, that's what we did it last is, year. <laughs> we played it that is really cool, It is really cool. I can't wait till they open the campaign up, because I'd like to see how much more they put into it. Okay, cool. Uh, is it going to be original writing, or are they going to follow ad verbatim the board game quests? I don't know how they're going to move the, the campaign along. I really don't. Um, as far as the adventure goes, it is pretty much the same, except for you don't have the the lead-ins to every one of the quests. You just have all the locations, basically. So when you get in there, it's the same enemies. And like okay. I can tell when I go into one of the crypts that is basically one of the crypts we went to playing the board game. There just isn't the backstory to go along with it. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to keep all the same backstories and, and all the trails that they have for the board game in the campaign or not. Okay. Well, I guess but I'm having a good time with it. Cool. Uh, are you playing anything else, or was that pretty much it? Yeah, I'm playing uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Switch. I'm playing Vampire on the Xbox, and I'm playing Days Gone, uh, whatever the hardest mode is, I unlocked it. I'm playing through it again on PlayStation 4. Days Gone. Why am I drawing a blank for Days Gone? Motorcycle and Zombies. Oh, yeah, you're the only one that has that game. That's why. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. And did you say Vampire? Not Vampire the Masquerade, but Vampire. Yeah, with a Y. V-M-P-Y-R. Oh, Vampire. Okay. Oh, I was interested in that game, but it sounded... The stuff I read, it sound, you know, it didn't sound... It sounded like, you know, there was, you know, some criticism and stuff. I wasn't sure if it was actually going to be be good. It's a, it's a bit janky, and, and it's probably a little bit full of itself, I'd say. But uh, I, I like it. It's It's different. Yeah, I was really interested in that game. I was I was really close to pulling the trigger, but just the you know the criticisms ultimately held me back from it. Yeah, it's yeah. not. I think um, 
so last Black Friday, which this is kind of hilarious since I was deep in the heart of working on my NBA and didn't have any time to play. On a whim, I bought the Xbox Game Pass because there's nothing like uh, adding to the whole stream of <laughs> Steam games that I don't play. I, I wish I had more games on the Xbox I couldn't play also. Um, so I bought the Xbox Game Pass. So now that I'm about to have more time, uh, that was one of the first games I downloaded. So basically I have access to all those games on the Xbox Game Pass and Vampire was one of them. So I went ahead and downloaded it and started playing it. Okay, cool. I think if I had to buy it, I'd be just like you. I was a little weary. Yeah, no, it definitely looked... I mean, I love vampire games. It's just I haven't... Like, I, I, I know, Andres, I think you got the the old Vampire the Masquerade game. Yeah, the one that came out in 2004. I think you were thinking I got the one that was before the Millennium, but the one that I got is the Masquerade. I think there was a vampire before... I, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was Bloodlines. There was, I think, Vampire the Masquerade, but it didn't have Bloodlines on it, and I think that was in the late '90s. This one's from 2004. I actually, just finished it like a week ago, a week and a half ago. And it, it's so a, one it's of the a really good story. Yeah. One of the really cool things about, I guess, I'll say Vampire now, so that we can not confuse it with anything else. One of the yeah. cool things is there's like a a weight to your decisions of whether or not you're killing townspeople. Yeah, that's right. I rem- that was actually the thing that turned me off. You're a doctor, so um, you're convenient. trying to cure. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to <laughs> cure townsfolk, and you're trying to cure. There's like a plague going on. You're trying to cure the plague, and at the same time, you still need blood. So, in the meantime, you're feeding off of rats and whatever else. And and then, if there are really bad people, you can kill them all day. It doesn't really matter. But there are named people in the game that, if you, I think they call it embrace. If you embrace them, if you kill them then you get something specific. So there's, like, if, you, if you're an achievement or trophy whore like I am, uh, I may have to play this twice because I'll get a collectible from them if I kill them. But if I kill them, then their whole plot line is gone. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, so that was the, so that was the thing that I remember... You're, so you've reminded me what turned me off to it now. The the thing that bothered me was basically that your power... You, you essentially have to eat people to, to get power you know to get powerful enough to win the fights and at the same time the game kind of punishes you so so you need the characters for the story but if you don't eat people then you won't be strong enough to you know to to win any of the fights so it's kind of it kind of puts you into a a hard position where you you know you need to eat people i just didn't like the the notion of being like trapped in kind of between a rock and a hard spot it's like well i yeah. need these people alive to win the game but i can't f- win the fights if i don't eat them so it's like well you're just kind of making it difficult then aren't you well i i guess on the flip side you have a machete so i <laughs> chop the hell out of people uh when i'm fighting and then those people that you're actually fighting like that you can eat them so I have leveled up some of my vampiric abilities. So I have claws and some other things. Cool. And that's without killing any of the named people. So I, I don't know how much better it gets if I kill everybody. So I may have to do that first just to see. But it's it's not that bad considering I'm chopping the hell out of everybody with my machete. Cool. And that's the problem with reading like Steam reviews, right? You hear all the complaints yeah, yeah. from people and you don't know. You well, know, and it's also it's do. not really like a action-packed game right it's it's more telling a story there's a a pretty strong narrative in it and that's why i think it's kind of full of itself because 
I mean, he's always talking like this, and <laughs> oh my god, this happened, and then that, and then like he's he's giving his own story through most of the game. So I don't know. It's 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 heavier than I think. Well, it's trying to be heavier than it really is. It's trying to be like Max Payne. No, because it's not as noirish. Oh, McFain okay. was was cooler to me. This is more like a guy whining about himself, like uh, <laughs> for for a long time. Uh, but I have I'm not that deep into it, so it might get it might get better. But um, I think he's torn between what happened to him and and the basically the plot is him trying to find the vampire that turned him and kill him. So that that's your main story. Okay, he's so not a bad guy, so I think if 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 you look at it in that light, it makes sense that you're not trying to kill everybody. In, in fact, it's the opposite because he's a doctor; he's trying to save everyone. Yeah, yeah, okay, that sounds kind of cool. So he's got a good story behind it. Yeah, so far, like like I said, I'm not that far into it, um, but hopefully by the next time we all meet, I can play through it. Okay, sounds good. So That's about it for me. Let's see, Ethan Cheeto came in late. Did you want to tell us what uh, you're doing and what you're playing? Uh, I've been playing Wizard of Legend and Jump King and Plants vs. Zombies. So that's the original Plants vs. Zombies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the other one was uh, Garden Warfare. You're on that new stuff. have, but I don't play. Okay. Yeah, I did play Garden Warfare for a little bit. It was actually not bad, Garden Warfare. And then what else? What is Jump King? Jump King, basically, you're this guy in a suit of armor. And you have to jump to the top of this uh, this like fantasy world, and there's a smoking hot babe at the top. <laughs> so it's yep. like a new version of Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Hey, smoking hot babe at the top. Let's do it. Yeah, but if you yeah. fall, you fall a long way, and you can't save your progress. So. So that's it. You just keep jumping. You make it. You're done with the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except that they have this option in the main menu mm -hmm. called New Babe. So I think they added a second babe. <laughs> Check out. Oh, <laughs> a second. Well, your your life is really coming into focus right now. <laughs> new mm -hmm. Babe Plus, huh? Yeah, right now. <laughs> new, babe. new Babe. It also takes track of your jumps and your falls. So right now I'm about like 10,000 jumps and then 1,000 falls. And I'm not sure how far I've made it. If you one thousand jumps, one thousand falls, that means you haven't really moved. No, it's ten thousand. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you were breaking even there. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I've been in the same place all along. Where's the babe? I won't be laughing when I see the smoking hot babe, and you don't. <laughs> so you know he's got you there, man. Oh yeah. So what else? You want to talk a little bit about dragon dice? Oh yeah, uh, I've been playing some Dragon Dice with my dad and Uncle Justin. Dragon uh, Dice is a product that came out in the late 90s, probably yeah, 97, 96, 97. And that's when TSR was still a thing. I think that's right before Wizards of the Coast bought uh, TSR. But they bought him and they didn't want Dragon Dice. Because I guess they didn't like, the, the game I guess wasn't that good. And, uh, and so I guess Wizards of the Coast sold it to somebody else who ended up being, what, SFR Inc. or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, yep. So Ethan, tell us how you play like Dragon Dice. Give us a synopsis of how you play Dragon Dice. So basically, you have a bunch of different factions. 
and each faction has different categories of units like heavy infantry, light infantry, cavalry, whatever, and each die is has like its own special face that tells you what kind of a unit it is. And I think that's really cool because it did a really good job on the artwork. And basically, what you do is you assemble your dice into armies based on a point system, kind of like uh, Warhammer. Yeah. And then you put them on different areas of the playmat, and those are like the battlegrounds. So then you have, uh, instead of moving your miniatures around, like Warhammer, the distance of the battles are determined by this other set of dice called the terrain dice, and those determine what kind of magic you can cast and what kind of attacks you can do. And each terrain die has a landmark on it, which gives the person who captures it like a special ability to do some cool stuff. And you have to capture two of those to win, and there are three. So it's a little bit... Uh, it reminds me of Artifact, even though Artifact wasn't the strongest card game. I think that the... Because this has three lanes. Artifact, the card game, had three lanes too, or has three lanes. I talk about it in the past tense because I don't think anybody is playing Artifact anymore. But, uh, but in this sense, you're trying to control the die in each territory, and then if you're a magic user, you want to keep the die on the magic side. And if you are like an elf guy with troops that have range weapons and you want to keep it on the arrow if you're a melee dude you want to keep it on the sword and if you can take control of the die you get it on, on on its last face you can do whatever attack you want and and that's pretty sweet so it's actually a pretty compelling game once you learn how to play it <laughs> pretty pretty good so either what else have you been watching or playing anything else you want to talk about um oh i got dust but I haven't had the opportunity to play it yet. Or rather, I haven't chosen to play it yet. Dust or Rust? Dusk? It's like the kind of Doom-type shooter. Oh, okay. Where you're fighting the KKK. Oh, really? Is so, that what it's about? Well, that's one of the levels. There's like a bunch of hooded clansmen that are chasing you down. Okay. There's like an alligator on wheels. Like you <laughs> do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, Dusk. And Those wheeled alligators that you've heard so much about. Yeah, those real ones. Cool. Yeah, Dusk yeah, has an overwhelming, overwhelmingly things. positive review. It's like the the most popular what FPS right now on Steam. Which yeah. one? Dusk. No. Um, you know the one I heard. Uh, I heard. I'm still not interested, but I heard like I think PUBG like got like dirt cheap now. I think they dropped the price like really low. I think they're like trying to save themselves for Fortnite. I thought PUBG was free. It's not? It's not like all those free no, games? Fortnite no, Fortnite is used free. to be like 20 bucks, but I think oh, it's really? like two, I think it was like two-thirds off or something. Okay. I think they, yeah, I've never played it. It's so a I... fun game. As far as sort of a realistic battle royale, it's one of the ones the first one that I ever tried playing. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Um... Of course, it was made a little less fun by the fact that my graphics card was about seven years behind. Uh -oh. And so uh, if I was able to live through the landing process and then letting everything texture map so that I could get into buildings, <laughs> uh, if I could live for that three minutes, I, uh, I really did well in that game. The two times that happened. <laughs> but then I got a graphics card. Now I can play it whenever I want. 
and right. die for completely unrelated reasons. <laughs> That's nice. I didn't really like PUBG because the I don't like battle royale games in general because they're really campy, and you're not rewarded for doing risky things. You just get shot by somebody hiding on the ground. Yeah, it it does it does uh, encourages kind of crappy behavior basically because you're you're, you're right. But let me let me put out this though, which is realistic behavior, um, by the way. It is, <laughs> um, but I also like to put this out there. Uh, the ground is just as much there for you as it is for the other guy. So rather than trying to go out and do these amazing things, which you know, pretty epic, um, just stay there and wait for somebody else, some young idealistic person thinking you know what i can do this amazing thing and then just wait for them to walk onto your mind and then teabag them and move on you know that's that's exactly my point <laughs> that games aren't fun if you can't do amazing things that's the whole point of playing a game so if you play a game where you just sit on the ground and then you shit on other people. And hope someone people. runs into your landmine. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't. Well, well wait, now wait a minute here. The only the only way I was able to play that game was because uh, my friends were there, so I could just play it and not take it seriously while they were running around and taking it very seriously. <laughs> it found amusing. Um, we found we found this jeep one time, and I got in it, and my two friends were like looking around a cornfield. And I'm a little bit bored because there aren't any enemies. So I decided to start doing donuts in the cornfield. It was fun. And then while that happens, there's like the sniper or whatever in a church that's looking over the cornfield. And he starts shooting at my friends. And then they're like, oh my gosh, there's heavy fire. And then they start running. And then my friend Alec runs directly in front of me while I'm doing donuts. (laughs) I kill him. Oh, that's what he gets. <laughs> a lot of fun. I gotta admit, that's kind of Darwinism at work. Yeah, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, too. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> but not really. Sorry, yeah, that's, sorry. That's the way that I enjoy the game. It's just looking at other people, taking it too seriously. Well, but I guess similar to paintball, when you play paintball, I mean, you do have to get undercover otherwise you get shot in the first two seconds and you have to sit out while everybody else finishes playing so you have to be you know strategic about where you go and how you move so i don't know oh yeah i, I can see it from both angles from uh, you guys angle and from each angle i you know but the thing is is that paintball isn't even as bad as PUBG because you can't hide behind a corner and med up and stuff like that if you get hit once you're done so people can do crazy stuff because they know if they hit their enemy, they win. Like, well, but there's and more than one enemy, though. If you hit one guy, somebody else is going to hit you. If you expose yourself, you're going to get flanked. Either way, yeah, you take one guy game. out or not. Yeah, it's a team game. But the thing is, is that you can do risky stuff in paintball because you know that if you hit your enemy, you win. You can get the advantage by doing something they wouldn't expect. But with PUBG, you run out... And then you get a surprise shot, and then they just hide behind something and then heal while you're out in the open waiting to get shot. I guess what you're saying is PUBG is not a team game. It's just like the Battle Royale model is just... No, what I'm saying is that it encourages people sitting there and doing nothing. Well, there's people that play that way in Pimple, though. There's people that camp. You'll have people in the back just, you know, laying down on the ground and suppressing other people while there's other people that do take the risks. 
But I guess my point is, you take the risk, you take the fall. You don't take the risk, you don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, you no, know, my point is that no risk is worth it. There's no risk to take in PUBG that it's worth the reward that you get. I guess for some people, I don't because know Because there how is much, no reward. I don't know how much I would like just sitting there in a video game, not moving for you know for a long long period of time well, the problem nothing. is if you want to i get ethan's ethan cito's point though because the problem is if you don't do that you're probably not going to win PUBG. yeah maybe not maybe not so, but anyway are we pudgied out are we going <laughs> to the next segment no no next segment I, I i haven't talked about what i've been playing i've been like sniping into other people's conversations so, so let's snipe at yours yeah so e wait next segment Eat, you're free to snipe on my because you're going to be very happy that I just bought Heroes of Might of Magic 3 on Good Old Games last week for oh. like $3. And I, the one that I cut my teeth on or whatever how, whatever that expression is was Might of Magic 2. But yes. I guess the third one is a little bit more polished and it's got a couple of added mechanics like the healing tent and a couple other things. Uh, yes. But I there's like... The default difficulty was one above normal, which it says the computer, you and the computer start with the same resources, and the computer plays to its best, best capability. And I said, okay, I'll start that, and I played the beginning of the campaign, and man, I got trampled over, so I guess I gotta go back and reevaluate my, my tactics. Uh, but it's still a lot of fun, win or lose, I mean, it's still a lot of fun just running around and getting your armies and figuring out what the armies are. There's a different sequence of build, like I couldn't get my archers as early as I thought, from playing the second game i think you could get archers earlier and this one made yes. me get centaurs and dwarves before i could get the archers and i didn't understand that for a long time so i lost a ton of units early in the game from not having ranged units and the stupid dwarves move so slowly that the enemy is just running around them and killing everything else ignoring the dwarves so uh, well and the thing is is that's one of those games that was so well balanced whenever it first came out that well they've done a couple of there's a remastered version of uh, Heroes 3 floating around. Mm -hmm. They don't the one that get I got. to change anything. It's super well-balanced, and it's really addictive. Um, Mark, uh, from high school, mm -hmm. uh, when he was living with me uh, after college, there were days where he would just kind of, you know, I'd be getting ready for work, and he'd have the day off, and so he'd just walk into my room because I had the computer that I actually worked. And I would leave, go to work, come home, and he's still playing the same game. Oh, and man. it was just all day long, just grinding away on Heroes of Might and Magic. Yeah. And uh, oh, it was such a good game. And that was the third one, right? That you guys were playing? I, I think it was the third one, but yeah, it was the third one. Okay. Is that do they get better as they go on, or which is that one of the best ones? The uh, I think one? they get better until because I remember it's funny if Ethan has that story because when I, I lived with Mark too, mm -hmm. and we he, he played the snot out of those. When Mark likes a game like Diablo two, yeah, like he will own that shit in a way that like even makes me look like a fairly normal person. Like when Mark goes, <laughs> man, he really goes. But there's only been like three or four games that he's ever done that for. Like for, Magic for him, the Gathering and a few Diablo two and a few of those Heroes and Might and Magic games. Those are the only ones I've ever right. seen that just like we just we lost Mark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For Mark, for Mark, Mark it wasn't just about beating the game. It was about making the game look bad in front of its girlfriend. I mean, it was just okay. So this time I'm up against all of them. Uh, you know, all the the computers there at maximum. I have one castle. They have five. 
and then and for like a month, he would just sit there and grind away on it until eventually he has everything. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, but he does have that personality for certain things. You know, he gets almost autistic about it. He just does not let it go. Yeah. But those games were really good. The first one wasn't amazing. It was okay. The second one was good. The third one was good. The fourth one was very good. I think the fifth one was where it started falling apart, although I think they might have gone back in retrospect. and It, it might have... When it came out, it wasn't playable. I think it might be. Okay. I suspect that it's been remedied. Because I bought the sixth one, and I played it for a little bit, and apparently it's kind of broken where you can't Oh, you know play. what? Hang on. I think I figured the sixth one. The sixth one's... I think five was the last really good one. Okay. I think you're right. Well, I wish you told me that before I got seven, which uh, is fine. It's good graphics, but it lost some of its charm. Oh, yeah. Oh, but there's this, uh, if you listen to the last podcast, there's another game coming at the end of next year that is a pixelated version of Heroes of Might and Magic by a new company. And it's in the show huh. notes, or I don't know if it's in the show notes, but it's in the last podcast. And uh, I don't have the name of it right now with me, but... Uh, it, it's coming out and it looks really good like everybody's so excited because it's going to be a really well balanced and it's going to hit that nostalgia spot from the old Heroes of Mighty Magic games so they're revamping the whole system they're just taking the system but making it their own building the engine from the ground up and taking the best things that they liked about that series and making an old you know retro kind of game out of it so that's kind of exciting yeah, I'll let Andrew here has been posting stuff I wonder if he can grab a hold of that and put it on the discord thing but anyway, the, the next thing that I played was a game that I've owned for a while. I even painted some miniatures for it. It's called Blood Rage, but I had never gotten to play until this past week. And Blood Rage is a game about Vikings. It reminds me a lot of that Northgard game that I played on Steam, uh, where you get to an island, and the island is going to be conquered by different clans of Vikings. And so the whole game is just a battle. And so you have three ages in which different lands get destroyed by Ragnarok events and stuff like that. And then you just, uh, you can get cards to call in like special monsters and you get to put these big monsters on the board and they help you fight. And, and the strategy is to get the most points, but you can do it by either beating other people or by going, by dying. You can get these cards that give you points when your soldiers die and they go to Valhalla. And so you can accrue points in different ways. So I don't know, it was very good uh, for like up to four players, I think. and. Uh, very well balanced game so that that i like a lot so that's blood rage then i watched adriana made me watch the curse of la llorona which is that movie that's kind of tied to the conjuring universe and i think it ties it by having the same priest in there that was in the annabelle movie or something or one of the Vito, Annabelle movies. Vito cornelius cornelius no yes. it wasn't him it was a different priest no it's, it's, sorry it's a weird joke <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. Fifth element. So, the fifth element. So yeah, better get in the fifth element wherever, wherever possible. You got it. And then the so the Jorona is tied to I guess the nun, and then there's a there's a third, a second, third, I don't know, fifth Annabelle movie coming out. I don't know how many of them they are, but Adriana. Yeah, they're really they're really milking Annabelle. That's yeah, sure. I think it came out. Adriana's gonna make me watch all of them regardless. So that's movie huh. for you. So the other thing I've been doing, I've been listening to the Joe Rogan Experience because apparently that's like the best podcast around right now. But um, but no, I actually enjoy listening to Joe Rogan, uh, even though he's just uh, he's like weed centric. <laughs> like every every oh, one of yeah. his conversations goes to weed, 
And so there's so many weird conversations you can have before, like, okay, let's talk about something else for a little bit, man. He's yeah. he's an interesting guy, but like every time he hears something, he's like, whoa, yeah, exactly. Like, like he's high like, all the time. It's like take it down just half a notch. Maybe thirty percent less stoned, and let's have a, a, a slightly better conversation. But no, most of his guests are actually pretty interesting. And when he can't get a guest, he just gets a random guy from the MMA to come talk. And those guys have good stories. So it's like uh, really, really, most of it is really entertaining. I really haven't found a really bad, you know, a really bad show. I, I, mean, I did listen to one of his podcasts. There's one on sleep that he had a mm -hmm. sleep expert on, and it's it was really good. I'd recommend that one. Yeah. And there's diet things, and then he had Neil deGrasse Tyson. He even had Kevin Smith on his podcast, and they both they were both stoned and crying about their dogs. <laughs> like, okay, because you know how Kevin Smith is famous for crying at like the Flash and just about everything that he watches. And so yes. they both had the same kind of dog, which ironically is the same kind of dog that I have, which is going to break my heart if that happens. But, you know, they were just crying when their dogs passed away. So they were sharing stories and that was just like, holy crap. <laughs> you you walk in that podcast, you're like, they're having a kumbaya moment, holding dicks. And I don't know, it was interesting. <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay. so. <laughs> Everybody's got their own journey, man. Yep. And then uh, moving on from Joe Rogan, last uh, last week, uh, a new Netflix show dropped, and Justin and my stepdad were watching it. It's called Another Life with the actress from Longmire and Battlestar Galactica. Starbuck, yeah. Katie Sackhoff? Sure. I don't know what you said, <laughs> but it sounds right. Another Life, yeah. we watched the she first got. three episodes. That show is legit good. It's a, like a cross between Aliens, or no, not Aliens, but Alien. It's like a cross between Alien and maybe Event Horizon a little bit. Not Event Horizon so much. It's not, well, that psychologically. It could be. I don't I don't know where the show is going, and I guess it's it's kind of mysterious. So, What's the show called again? It's called Another, Another Life. It's about, uh, uh, about, like, you know, in the future, maybe 10 years in the future from where we are. Maybe is it, or is it like more like forty it's years? It's not in the too distant future, and um, yeah, there's some like an alien ship or something comes down and starts talking in like music, kind of like the Encounters of the Third Kind or whatever that movie was with uh, Close Encounters, Richard yes. Dreyfus or whatever was that the movie? Yes, and so it's got touches of that nostalgia from like the old you know alien alien movies, and then and then. There's a team of people that are following coordinates, I guess, to where these aliens are trying to tell them to go, and so that has more of a, of an alien kind of vibe. So, the show is solid. It's got the guy uh, Andrew would like this because it's got the guy, the alpha werewolf from Teen Wolf. He's in it. Yeah, it's yes. my queue. What's that? It's in my queue. Okay, it's in your queue. Yeah, so I, I I've seen about that. an episode and a half of it, but then I got mm -hmm. distracted with the boys. So okay. yeah, that's understandable. I'm going to be yeah. rotating back around to check that out. Yeah, me too. I'm going to rewatch the. the what? It's also got the woman from the good Hellboy movies. It's got her in it also. Selma and Selma Blair. Yeah, and Selma you know she's Blair. got yeah she's got Parkinson's like. Uh, she's got MS. I thought it was Parkinson's because she was talking nah, to uh, what's his face from Back to the Future. Michael um, J. Fox. Yes, they were. They were talking because I saw an interview with her, and she was in bad shape during the interview. And I'm like, oh, she's really holding it together for the for the show because you can't tell. Like they do all the shoots, shots very precisely, so they don't show any of her shaking or anything like that. So, no. But power to her, man. You can act as long as yeah. you can. You know, like that's got to be really tough dealing with that shit and having to 
you know, move on with the rest of your life. And she's got a kid and everything, so it's, God, man. That's just, yeah. I feel bad for her. Uh, but no, she's a great actress. And, and yeah, she is in it, you know. She plays like a reporter or something. Um, well, sort of a gossip columnist. but Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Something like that. And then moving on from another life, I am now watching the second half of the fifth season of Vikings. Because I, I must be behind. I'm on Hulu. I guess that's the last thing that's been dropping there. I don't know if there's already a six. Is there a sixth season of Vikings that's out right now? No, you not yet. Are, what you're of? watching is the last that was on. And I'm, I'm somewhere in there, too. I'm, I'm watching that also. Okay. And that show has been... I, I think at some point I'm going to rewatch the whole show. I'm going to binge watch the whole show from beginning to end because that's honestly one of my favorite shows from all time. That Vikings thing is cool. Well, and the part that's interesting is apparently it's there's a lot of it there. This is it, well, it's not you know 100 historically accurate by any stretch of the imagination. It's actually based on real events that you know these these people went through. Uh, one of the more radical characters uh, was Ivor the Boneless. Yeah, real guy. Wow, I didn't know that. That guy is scary. that that actor disgusts and like she can't watch him. The the actor is so good. He's like such a despicable bastard. Such a heartless yeah. bastard. So, and I'm on Vikings that's saying a lot. he was. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah, that guy is like, that guy that deserves uh, some kind of nomination for. Because <laughs> he is just evil incarnate. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There he is. He looks like Sonic the Hedgehog, Hedgehog, like an evil version of Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. <laughs> he has a really punchable face, but he does a great job at the part. Oh, yeah, he does. And then, like I said before, I'm playing, I played through Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. And it's got a really good story. It's got a couple of bugs here and there. So, and sometimes there's secrets. So you don't know whether it's a bug or a secret you haven't figured out. So just just work with it for a while. And if you really can't get through it, just go, uh, just blog it, and you'll find whether it's a bug or not. One time there was only one time that it wasn't a bug, and I spoiled that little piece for myself. But that's like, oh, dude, I can't figure out what's going on. So other than that, it's it's pretty solid. It's got good uh, good story. It's got good twists in the little mini stories, uh, good characters, good settings, and it was actually pushing the envelope. But one back when it came out, with like the graphics and the buildings and everything, like trying to simulate everyday life. The difference between this and Vampire from here and you guys talk is here you can get away with killing anybody as long as nobody else sees you kill them. Like you can take them into an alley or you know as long as they don't call. Because they have what they call the masquerade, and that's the vampires have to stay hidden from other people. So if you kill somebody in front of somebody else, you start violating the masquerade. And your own group of vampires are going to disown you. And so you can actually lose the game by having too many violations. But you can control that. So, and and you, can, you can cross some of them out by doing some deeds that, that protect the vampire community. Uh, overall, I think the story is about an 8 out of 10. The gameplay is about a 5 out of 10 or a 6 out of 10. <laughs> but back then, the gameplay was probably more like an 8 out of 10. You know, if you'd really judge it on when, when it actually came out. Right. Um, okay, and I think that's that's about it for me. Uh, I did play a little bit of Cultist Simulator. But I don't know, that game was just not for me. And I was uh, kind of disappointed. I know a lot of people love it, but it's just a game that you play with cards. But then you have to wait until cards unlock, and I don't know. The, the mechanics of it were not sinking with me. So, But that was just me. I think a lot of people like that Call to Simulator game. So, okay. Are you guys ready to go into the news? Let's tuck in. All right. Mute Donkey Podcast News.
Let's go in. Let's talk about the first thing I have here that I don't think I had in the notes was the whole fiasco with GTA 5 and their casino. Apparently it's been banned in multiple countries. So they had this diamond casino, I guess, for the multiplayer where people could, I guess, purchase some shark card, something called a shark card. I don't know because I haven't played GTA 5, but I guess you could play, you could buy shark cards and then bet with those things. Um, but I guess you couldn't really cash out in real money, although there's third party people that will cash you out in real money. So that was a big problem with gambling. Uh, yeah, so, so shark cards are basically just like uh, how you buy points, mm -hmm. you know, game game money. So basically, and I've seen that in GTA. Apparently, it's like every you know what that's the bullshit part, right? Because it's like a so the, so the, the free to play mechanic we all know and love is basically they just make the game really grindy and and they basically get you to pay them to you know they're like oh yeah if you you know you'll get like five points a day and you might need five thousand to to get the cool ship and so people they basically just make it really arduous and so people being people just say well it only cost me 50 bucks and i can you know and i won't have to to grind my soul away for you know for six months or 12 months to get this thing so yeah. so they they put in a roadblock and then they make you pay to remove it and and what they've done in GTA is they basically just did that financially. They just made it so that you run missions to get money, and it's a real fucking slog, pardon my French. So people buy the shark cards to avoid the grind. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm sorry, I Soul guess now you can use those grind. cards to buy chips in the casino, right? And it's gamble. just money. Um, yeah, yeah. But basically, yeah, it's just game money. Because it's really hard to get game money. You have to do heists, and it's a lot of work, and you can fail. And Okay. Okay, was there something similar in that star... What was that game that you played? The space game that was really grindy? Uh, where they have the real-life uh, covenants of people that meet in, like, Finland or Norway or somewhere? Eve? Yeah, Eve Online. Didn't they have Eve, a similar... You know, Eve isn't nearly... Eve is... Eve is not designed... Like, you can't buy resources. Oh, okay. So, so the, the other common mechanic in a lot of games, which isn't the same thing at all, so there are a lot of games now, even World of Warcraft, where there's, like, an exchange in the game where you can basically spend, like, gold, game money, gold, to, like, buy a, you know, to buy a subscription card. And so, basically, people can can buy those subscription cards and then sell them in-game for gold, and people in-game can go farm gold and then sell the gold for said subscription time but mm -hmm. it's not the same oh, okay. you know it's not the same level okay gotcha at all all right well let's jump to something it's, that it's a gray area good. but yeah okay anybody had a thought on this or what are we good i think that we're i think there were at a point where video games and video game manufacturers are going to be held far more responsible for these decisions um the fact that uh we're actually getting national law in place to deal with you know, loot crates and, and, you know, pay to win mechanics. And the fact that the industry started putting these paywalls into AAA full, fully realized releases. Yeah, that's is, bull monkey. It's going to blow up in their faces. And studios like EA, uh, Bethesda has been feeling the pushback. And so the consumers getting <clears throat> a little tired of getting, getting stuck to it for, for things like this and don't get me wrong i don't i don't actually have a problem with people you know grinding stuff on a game and selling it for real money uh, i mean it's it's not exactly legitimate work but you know if it's not against the law you know where's the victim 
Yeah. Uh, it's just that I think that you're going to start seeing game developers and designers shying away from the model, not just from a profitability standpoint, but the fact that you know you can you can put out a if you've got studios like uh, CD Projekt Red that are like yeah you guys can make the money we're just going to make the fun games and you get a full a full title with no season passes with no in-game purchases with no nothing it's just here's your game uh the the pay to win model is going to fall by the wayside very quickly yeah well i hope that happens i mean but you said victimless but there was a story a couple weeks ago about a kid who emptied their parents bank accounts to buy crap on fifa or some game like that and he like it was like 500 and something dollars worth of you know online purchases for the game microtransactions but this family was not wealthy and 500 dollars was more than they could that, that was their hole that was in the bank account well let's be fair that's a bad kid not a bad game yeah, yeah. no yeah mm-hmm. but uh, but, but still but the other thing about the shark card is it was a way for um rockstar games to monetize the game a little more so mm-hmm. when you pre-ordered GTA 5, you actually got like I can't think if it was like fifty thousand dollars on your shark card or something like that. Yeah, and then there were also SKUs like instead of collector's editions, like a lot of games are doing. They what they did are SKUs of money on that card for GTA Online. So if you ended up buying one of those higher collector's editions, I guess, then you ended up with more money to put into your GTA Online account. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that they kind of front loaded their online. Uh, players okay but then talking about like the AAA like what it was saying about the AAA games expecting people to like purchase stuff similar to like uh, Dragon Age uh, did back when they had like quests that you could click on but then they ask you to pay money to actually play so, the quest. yeah I can stop you yeah. right there because Dragon Age was an EA game and EA is the biggest defender for monetizing their games so but I mean that, uh, that's an EA thing but what about well, the, the the other story that kind of connected to this was Assassin's Creed's origins because people were saying that you're under-leveled in the story and then you have to get more XP and there's stories or quests that you have to buy to get more XP so your character can get that because there were people so, that were creating quests. To I'm the person here that's played that game from beginning to end and yeah. continued to play it afterwards. I have never put any money into that game. But then why are people complain? Why are they banning people that are creating levels that give, are giving people too much XP? And you know? Once again, those are bad people. It's not a bad game. But people wouldn't and need the XP. Unfortunately, the press likes to jump on those things. The game is awesome, and I've never put a single dime in it. I never missed out on anything. I yeah. played every single piece of content. You know how I play games. Yeah. But I, I played every single piece of content in Assassin's Creed, and it was amazing. Uh, uh, it's a really good game. But why, why is it a problem? Screw those then? people that are trying to make it a bad game. Like I, I don't know. That's well, it's just just, just, just to differentiate. There's a big difference. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think pay to win is is scummy. I don't think there's ever going to be any laws against pay to win. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is the, the the place where they're getting into a lot of shit, especially EA, because they're the ones that have you know, taking this to a whole nother level, and they're the ones that kind of ruined it for everybody by being so... I mean, they've gotten to the point where, you know, they're adding literally billions to their to their earnings through these microtransactions, and, you know, they've... You know, just like any... Just like the same thing happened with Boeing, right? There's more pressure every quarter. You need to make more money than the last quarter. 
and you got to get desperate to find, you know, you got to come up with a creative way to get more money. And, and in Boeing's case, they decided, you know, they basically kind of cut some corners. And, you know, in these guys' cases, they're basically just, you know, adding microtransactions. But I don't think pay to win's going anywhere. I mean, people, you know, rightfully look down on it. But if, you know, ultimately, like, if people want to spend their money on Candy Crush, you know, that's that's their right. The thing that they're going to really clamp <clears throat> down on aggressively is loot boxes because it's gambling. And yeah. it, it's gambling that's specifically targeted towards kids. Yeah, and that's, well, yeah, that's and, and thanks to Battlefront, there are laws in place now because of EA. So, I mean, that's that's true. Like, 100%, the loot boxes are, are way of the past already. But to, to go back, there's something about Assassin's Creed Origins that I don't understand. Why are people paying for the DLC? Do you have to grind that a, a, a lot in that game to, like, get through quests? Or what's why are people no. complaining about paying no, for but... DLC or whatever? So, see, that's that's the part where I want to slap all these people right in the face. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of DLC that adds to story. Mm -hmm. and, and Assassin's Creed has always had that from way back. The, especially Assassin's Creed 3, when you get to fight freaking George Washington. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so, but the, the, the problem I have with these whiny pieces of crap is that... You heard it here first. You're complaining about not being able to jump right into a DLC when you start a game. Oh, I when see. The DLC is supposed to come when you finish the game. Like, yeah. finish the game first and then try to play the DLC. <clears throat> so okay. that that's the part that bugs me. So yeah, there are... If that's what they're complaining about... I didn't look at the story because all I did was roll my eyes when you put that on there as a, <laughs> as a note. Um, if that's what they're complaining about, it's ridiculous. Because, yes, you have to be a certain level before you can play the DLC... But you will naturally get way beyond that if you play Just the game. the regular game. Okay, so it's, yes. an, it's a non-issue yeah. then, I guess. It's this a non-issue, okay. yeah. Well, let's move along then. I don't want to keep wasting time on that. Uh, <clears throat> how about another thing that Andrew will have something to say about? How about Veronica Mars Season 4? How do you, do you agree with this thing? Do you think it's going to be good? I mean, it's already out. I haven't seen it. So yet. you haven't seen any of it? No. Uh, balls. Good. That's all I'm going to say. Because I know you're the biggest fan of Veronica Mars. I'm really excited to hear that. Uh, Veronica Mars was such a fun show when it first came on. And, of course, you're like, oh, it's 10 years later. and But it's all built in. Like, exactly. It is 10 years later. But that's it's they uh, address that. It's not like this didn't just keep going. But like, the only thing that so worried me it, is that Anna and I... a 38-year-old but... high school senior. Exactly. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. And she's dealing with the fact that she made a. Did you guys watch the movie? That well, they but that's what worried me because Anna and I watched the movie and we thought it was kind of flat. So that's why oh, I was worried this about is the movie. I, I, oh, I don't know. We almost kind of fell asleep during that movie, man. What? The movie was great. It didn't really. And it was just. It wasn't just me. I just. I was just okay. I just like huh. is it me or was this like not half as good as the old show? Like yeah, I didn't have the things from the old show. So uh, that's why. Well, I'm, that's why I was kind of like. I hope that the season four actually is better than this movie because I, I wasn't crazy about it. Well, season four is better. I haven't watched all of it. We just watched the first episode, but uh, season four is better than the movie because it, it's not just an hour and a half, right? Like it's yeah. it's literally a series, so it's building on itself, and and shit is going down. But uh, I, I can't believe you didn't like the movie because it, no, it literally it's... builds right where the last season stopped. Well, like, it's it like, the, right it's like the, or, the original show is so good that I was expecting the same kind of energy and it, to me it didn't have the same kind of energy that the show did and so I kind of to me it fell flat and and, and so, just outright didn't like it so I don't know the thing is is that 
these studios will oftentimes get themselves into a problem whenever they do this. They will take a an established uh, IP. It'll have run its course, but of course, there's still people that want you know want more, and so they'll say, "Hey, this is a great chance to cash in a few hundred million at the box office. Let's go for it." Um, and there's a, a vast difference in the quality. I mean, for every serenity that you've got out there, you've got the two or three made-for-TV movies that they did for Dead Like Me, which is one of my favorite series from the early 2000s, brilliant mm-hmm. series. And then they started making these movies, and they were just terrible. It was heartbreaking to watch them because you could see where it was taking the kind of kind of concept from the show and then just taking a giant dump all over it. And while Veronica, the Veronica Mars movie wasn't that level of painful to me, it still just sort of read, like Andreas said, it was still sort of felt hollow to me. And that was unfortunate. Yeah, just but a little bit. from what I've seen of the series so far, the, the season four, it looks like they've got their mojo back, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I think the main difference is the they didn't know they were going to do another season, obviously. Like, this, this season isn't... It wasn't in the plan. Right. So... The movie was literally just a love letter to the fans to close things out. That's all it was. Like that, that wasn't a big studio making this. I mean, they freaking crowdfunded it. You guys know that. And yeah, it was like their stars. It was the stars just closing out the story because the show was canceled. Yeah. And so, all they did was put a bow on everything from that final season that didn't have closure. Gotcha. But uh, but I like if they had done a serenity to the Firefly, you know, serenity to me was awesome. So, oh yeah, I wish yes. it was more like that in that level. Well, yeah, that was that was the opposite. So that was that was taking something small and making something huge out of it, right? Yeah, right. This is different. This was taking something really huge and making something small just for the fans. Yeah, they're just okay. it, it felt like they were like tapering down, tapering. Right, off. and that's why because okay. it literally was just the stars crowdsourcing to put a bow on what had been done okay okay Okay. i I still really enjoyed it but also as a caveat i just watched that like three weeks ago so Mm -hmm. i didn't watch it when it first came out i I literally just watched it before i started the the new season okay no we waited like a year after it came out and we watched it the movie and and gave me a hard time because you know we didn't watch it right away but then when we watched it she was like okay that's fine that that reminded me though something to add on to i know like this is beating a dead horse but going back to the monetizing the games mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to what what Eat was saying is a lot of that stuff a lot of the the loot boxes and paid this and paid that pay to win stuff a lot of that is done by the publishers not the developers mm-hmm. so you'll see a lot of that go away also as we move closer and closer to digital distribution okay because it's going to cut those publishers out okay good all right. That's so all. Um, I didn't. I don't want to go back to that. So go ahead. Let's go to the topic you're all going to have to say something about because you all love Marvel and Thor: Love and Thunder just got announced during Comic Con. Natalie Portman is back, but this time she's back to take the lead role. What do you guys think of that? Or I don't know anything about the comic book from that story, so I, don't, yeah. I, I want to hear your opinions about that. I've I've been waiting for this since the first Thor movie came out. So for me, I'm like, okay, finally, let's do it. You see, I never knew that was a thing. That's why I'm like, oh wow, this is kind of interesting. Um. The fact is that Natalie Portman's an incredible actress. I thought she was underutilized in the first two Thor movies. And don't get me wrong, she didn't do a bad job, but it's Natalie Portman, and you've got her playing kind of second fiddle. Just yeah, come on, man. We, we can say it. She was wasted. Completely she, wasted. To say she did a better job in Your Highness is not an understatement. 
no it's not and that's kind of tragic um but you know her as the lead as the hammer wielding you know smashing heroin yeah yeah i can get behind that now that being said i'm not going to see it in the theaters because uh but also whenever it comes out on netflix or hbo or whatever mm-hmm. i'll give it a watch i'll probably see it in the so I, That's I have I another excited about i have another theory about it though what uh because they're making such a big deal about it and they had her holding the freaking hammer at, at san diego and all this other crap i think this is literally just gonna be thor three or is it thor four thor four now right yeah, yeah. So I think I think Thor. literally it's gonna be Thor in the beginning. She'll have the hammer for maybe about thirty to forty minutes of the movie, and then he's gonna get it back, and that's gonna be literally it. I don't think this uh, is gonna be a huge handoff. Oh really? But it should be. Yeah, it? I don't think so. It should be, but I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think they'll do it. So this hammer that Marvel's that brave. The hammer that you're talking about is a hammer that they brought from the past, right? Correct. Spoilers. It is. Everybody's seen this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. No, they, yeah. they put that hammer back. They did? Are you sure? They send it through the portal at the end of Endgame. So which which hammer are they going to use then? Does it matter? Yes, I mean, it does. I want to know what hammer they're going to use. Like, who cares? Yeah, I, I do respect I, the continuity. I think I, yeah, the, the continuity has been <laughs> solely busted. Don't get me back on my Endgame rant. Go, go. What if this, uh, what you what haven't if this been on it yet. takes place in the other universe where they got the hammer from? And then that Natalie Portman. Well, keep in mind too, this isn't just her. This is going to be Sif also. So it's going to be not Sif. Uh, what's her name? The the Valkyrie. Oh yeah, she's cool. Yeah, it's going to be know. a buddy cop movie. It's going to be the two of them. It's not just going to be her. So I wonder if our famer, favorite girl is going to be on there. Uh, what's her face? Meow meow. What's her name? Ugh, I just forgot her name. Oh yeah. Oh, they have to bring her back too. She's they have gotta to, be right? in there. From She'll two dumb waiters or whatever that. What was that yeah. show that she did? That TV show? It doesn't matter. She won't Two be naked. Two broke girls. Two broke girls. Yeah. I just saw a movie with her and uh, Michael Sarah just not too long ago, and actually a really good movie, like a romantic That's comedy. That's the kind of. Nora and whatever playlist. Nora yeah, Nora. that was actually yeah, a yeah. really decent movie. I, th- and I, I saw that when that came out. That was good. I've never seen it, and it was just sitting there like on Hulu or Amazon. I'm like, I'm watching this. It's pretty cool. Good movie. Anyway, All we right. digress. Anything else to say about the Marvel universe with? Love and thunder. No, the the mm-hmm. biggest thing out of Phase Four that I'm excited about is finally bringing Blade back. I just wish they would have kept Wesley Snipes. No, nothing I, against. I agree with you. I am excited to see. That's the only thing. Like the, you know, like there's different. There's a bunch of different Thors that you know they could tap into. There's Lady Thor. There's Frog Thor. You know, there's a bunch of different kinds of variants. Gamma Ray Thor. It's Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray. There you go. Thank Beta you. Beta Ray, Ray Bill. Yeah. Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> Beta Ray Bill, like I would have been way more uh, into Beta Ray coming in over <laughs> Lady yeah, Jane. Exactly. I don't even know what you guys were talking about. There's a lot of different, you know, things they could do there. I'm not super thrilled about Natalie Portman just because I don't know how they'll do as far as the physical stuff goes. But, but hey, if you she know. can, if she can learn how to ballet dance for Black Swan, I'm not worried about her physicality in the role. But I don't know. I'm just not. I think I, I have to admit, even though I still like superhero stuff, I, I am getting a little bit of the the movie fatigue. You know, the superhero movie fatigue. But I will say that, uh, yeah, Blade is awesome. Although it's going to be really hard to see anybody who's not Wesley Snipes. So exactly. I hope they they really yeah. know it because I really do love the character. So you know, 
course. Just out of curiosity, and this is a little bit off of superheroes, but uh, not really, because uh, Taika Waititi just uh, dropped his trailer for his new movie, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Did yes. you guys see that? Oh, yeah. I saw somebody call it Third Reich uh, or Moon Reich Kingdom. Nice. Yeah, it is. Premises is this kid in Hitler's youth yep. that is trying to, you know, be a decent person. Uh, it's gonna be so good. So I'm along so that excited. note, though, he is directing the next Thor movie. He is directing Natalie Portman. So I'm hoping it keeps his sense of humor, and his All style. Right. See now, now I might be going to the theaters because I love his yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, I love him. And I think that was kind of the thing behind it. It felt like they were. They were like, yeah, this guy's been like really successful. You know, they were basically just kind of like, if we put him in charge, this is free money. That's kind of how I read it. Okay, so uh, what is the story behind the Jojo Rabbit? I don't know anything about it. Okay, so oh my god, it's, it's so great. I'm like, it's completely ignorant about this. It's billed as going to war against hate, okay. and so it's this little boy in Hitler's youth that surprise, surprise, doesn't want to do horrible things. <laughs> And everybody's making fun of him. And I don't know enough about the story, but whenever you've got a trailer and there's Taika Waititi dressed as Hitler walking out from behind a tree going, Hey, Jojo, what's got you so down? (laughs) (laughs) And he is Hitler. Like, he's not just playing a figment of the kid's imagination. He is playing Hitler. (laughs) Yeah, they used to make fun of him too, Jojo. They said that I was going to get Kill, but whoa, here we are. Oh man, okay. Well, that's something we need to watch like in Guys Day or something. Oh man, <laughs> uh, that sounds hilarious. Awesome. Okay, oh, talking about things that are dropping uh, from Comic Con. Also, the Witcher trailer dropped. Before you guys say anything, I thought the trailer looked freaking awesome. People are, compl- although the people that are always complaining on the internet saying, oh, it's like a low quality Game of Thrones. You know, fuck you. I, I like the way it looks. I like it. Don't compare it to Game of Thrones. It's its own thing. Just leave it alone. I like it. Yeah. It looks cool. It looks badass. Uh, you only like it because it says Gwent. Gwent? Oh, oh, it does? I didn't even see that. If it's got Gwent, I'm going to like it even more. I want them to play Gwent for half an hour. All they have to do is play Gwent. Just, just I want a close shot of the cards. <laughs> yeah, like, there you go. <laughs> All I want is to One of them's see, like you know, a like foil. A cas- Right, like have that Casino Royale moment where Geralt's got to like, you know, get information from somebody. But first he's got to like win this Gwent tournament or something. Yeah. I'm so uh, on board. That's perfect. At least one episode. Yeah, one episode. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Where were you, eight? Get in there, man. Like, you need to talk to somebody. Somebody poisons him. Everything this is how off. my dad spent playing like the first 20 hours of the game. He just went around the map and then did the Gwent quest. I, I have a hundred. Walk in on him, I'd be like, "Oh, what are you doing? I'm playing Gwent." And I'd walk out and come back the next day. Oh, what are you doing? I'm playing Gwent. <laughs> I have 114 hours in that game, and I think about 50 of those is just playing Gwent in game. <laughs> it's just like I, this is great. I don't know why you guys are laughing. Uh, what? Uh oh. I kind of did the same thing. <laughs> except, except he played all the DLCs, and he probably played Gwent in those things too, right? All right, so. Yes, there are more cards in the DLC. In all, <laughs> That's where I'm headed. In all honesty, um, the only part of Final Fantasy X I ever played was Blitzball. Um, Andy got it to the to where you could play Blitzball and find, and then I I must have played Blitzball for like five seasons. Oh, I, I just we I I upped my players. I 
that was the only part of that game I ever saw. There might have been a story to it, but <laughs> so, so that's a I got <laughs> I didn't know the story. I remember Blitzball. I did not finish that game, and I don't remember any of the story. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, I did. With Ethan, I played that. A lot. I actually did play a lot of Blitzball, like in, in Witcher. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. The Gwent was it was so much extra work, and it's like literally, it's like. Like, oh, you need to run off, you know, it's like, you need to run off from the horse track and chase this bad guy, but first, you really need to play cards with this guy, because this is your one chance in the game to play the card game, and it's just like, I'm just like, you fucking kidding me? Like, like I'm, like, about to chase some dude, and I have to, like, stop and play cards until I, like, beat the card game, and then I can, like, go chase this guy? It's like, dude, if I don't fucking do it, then I can never do it, and then I'm just like, so wait, now I have to, like, go back, you know, like, basically go back to before the horse race. And, like, get good at Gwent so I can beat this guy the only time I'm ever going to get a chance to play. i just like, nah, gee, I'm not, I'm not down. Candyman <laughs> isn't going to run until you take all of his money. You have to beat the Gwent game first. <laughs> now, that being said, um, I question Henry Cavell as the, or Cavill as oh, the... Oh, really? I, I, he's, he sold it to me in the first shot. guy. Yeah. I was going to say, he's a great-looking guy. He's incredibly physical. I mean, the fact that he can keep up with Tom Cruise on the set of Mission Impossible is pretty astounding. Well, but he's like um, 20 years younger than Tom Cruise, isn't he? Quite a bit, yeah. The only thing is, is that he doesn't look rough enough for Geralt. I mean, Geralt of Rivia has been through the ringer. But this I think this is before. I think this is maybe starting at the beginning of the story. But uh... And there's... And there's the problem that I've got coming into it is I, I never read any of the books. Um, I've played the video games, mm-hmm. uh, a few of or a couple of them. I haven't beaten any of them. Um, so I'm not as up on the, on the, the world, the mythos of it all. So I've listened to the first two audiobooks because that's what I do when I paint figurines. And yeah, series Siri story starts with the first book. It's just a bunch of collection of short stories, really. At the beginning, before okay. the actual books start, the books don't start until like maybe the third or fourth actual book that the guy wrote, like you know one story. You know, it's just a collection of short stories, and okay. uh, but but it, they're okay written. I would actually say that the games that I've played have better story than the stories that I've read or listened to on his audiobook so far. Yeah, it's okay. too bad too because the guy apparently like sued the people who made the game, and it's you know there's I know there was kind of a lot of drama about. You know about the games being basically that. Quite frankly, it's one of those things where the guy who wrote the books is basically butthurt that the you know the games have, you know, done way better than his books ever did, and he's you know like really bitter about it. Yeah, because he didn't strike the kind the right kind of deal. He he sold it, but he didn't like do the deal with Ecolex royalties off of everything they do, because he didn't think they were going to be successful, and he shot himself in the foot. That was the deal. Well, you, know? you always always bet so, on yourself, gentlemen. That's exactly, the lesson here. Exactly. Well, that was the story. You remember the story about about Rocky, the Rocky movie? Like the guy that wrote it, they offered him like fifty grand straight up, or like a percentage mm-hmm. of the royalties. And the guy was basically like a, you know, kind of like a born loser. He felt like he could never win, and so he took the sure thing. And then the franchise, you know, he would have been very 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 wealthy if he'd yeah. taken the deal but he didn't believe in it you know yeah. he, he he wanted to he was afraid he wouldn't get anything so he, he took the yeah, that's that's too bad it makes me wonder about the back end of the show right because they're saying that it's it's based more on the books than it is on the game but they're using the popularity of the game to promote the show yeah so I wonder on the back end like is that guy the, the author in Sweden or wherever he is is that guy getting the the money, or is no, the gaming not. company getting the money? I don't think he's getting any money. He signed it uh, off a long time ago. 
from what I understand, he signed that off a long time ago, and he's never getting anything else. So, um, so yeah, because he, the Geralt only has one sword in this thing. He doesn't have the two swords from the video game, and his wolf medallion is in profile instead of facing forward. Which I yeah, guess I didn't like from. that either. It looks like a Thundercats logo. It does, <laughs> really, which is a fine logo, but not we for Joe. We can Joe. all hope, right? Like that—that that may be the key. We can all hope. <laughs> but Matt, no, I actually I will have to disagree with Eat because I did think that Henry Cavill. When I watched the trailer before, when I saw the picture, I said um, Henry Cavill may not pull it off. But when I saw the trailer, Henry Cavill actually sold me. I had a I had a small man crush the second that Henry Cavill <laughs> came out with that white hair and like holy shit, the guy does, and they don't have to digitally put his beard on or anything. You know, or I get well. I guess he doesn't have a beard yet, right? But he's gonna grow with the character because eventually Gerald actually does grow a beard and all that stuff. But uh, it should be. I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited for the show. Actually, yeah, uh, yeah. The other thing that dropped during yeah app during Comic Con <laughs> 2019 was the Top Gun trailer and the Jay and Silent Bob reboot trailer. Do you guys have any thoughts about those? Both right. are good to me. Um, Top Gun. I don't know why we need it. Uh, that's not to say it wouldn't be a good movie. I love watching Cruise in his roles. Uh, he's very entertaining. I don't know what more that story has to offer. I mean, when was the last uh, time there was an actual dogfight? In, like, yeah, aerial combat? It was probably about the same time uh, <laughs> the Top Gun, the, the, the top, came top Gun originally came out. I mean, <laughs> we're fighting over the horizon now. Yeah, we got drones and, to fight for us, right? No. And as for uh, the new Jay and Silent Bob, oh, I, I, I didn't know how distracting this was, but uh, as soon as you see Jason Mayus start talking, <laughs> yeah, uh, he has dentures. Oh and yeah, I mean, he he's does. got like old, he's got old lady mouth now. He does, and he I does. Gen- I'm so happy that uh, he's cleaned up his act. He's off. He's off all the drugs that he was on. Apparently, he's been clean for a while. Yeah, really happy to hear that about him. Um, but apparently, it took a huge toll on his body. Oh, it did. He looks like a skeleton of a person. Of yeah. So I hope that the two of them had a great time making the movie. I hope that they make their money and then some. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be watching it though. Well, I already gave them my money because I bought three tickets to this show that's coming to Houston, and you get to watch that live with them. You know. And, uh, oh, and well, that's that's pretty boss, actually. And, and when when the, the last time uh, Kevin Smith came to Houston was about a year ago, when he was promoting his other movie that his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter was in, the Yoga Hosers. And yeah, I saw yeah. it live with Kevin, and Anne was there, and and we thought that was the best experience. I went back home and I rewatched Yoga Hosers. I'm like, this movie's complete trash, dude. But it's like the experience of being there with him. Made the movie, yeah. made that movie be the greatest movie in the world at the time. You know, it was just like, it's so good. So we're gonna go see it. The third, the third ticket is supposedly for Candyman. If he decides to show his face down here in October, for I'm hoping, for to, be, I'm hoping to be there. Well, okay, I'll have to see as things get a little closer. But I'll definitely, I'm definitely hoping to. Because we're gonna do that, and then the, the weekend before that is when we're gonna go to the Renfest. And I just rewatched Battle Angel Alita. Because it came out on Amazon last week or whatever. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to buy that on and Amazon. I still haven't seen it, but I really want to see it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not gonna buy discs anymore. I've just decided. Yeah. As much as I love Blu-ray, you know, I just, I'm just, I don't want more. St- I'm at to the point in my life where I want no more stuff. Like I'm just gonna buy the digital version, and then I can just watch it on Amazon unless they get 
trust busted. The, the only thing that bothers me a little bit of the Amazon things is a lot of their movies seem quiet to me. Like they're not recorded with like the highest Dolby or surround or whatever. I don't know. Some, especially some of the older movies are very quiet on my TV where I have to turn everything up really high. So I guess you lose a lot of sound fidelity with some of those. It doesn't really matter because you can buy it on anything and watch it on anything now anyway. Okay. Buy it on Amazon, watch it on Voodoo. Okay. Well, my point was is that my costume for the Renfest this year must be might be the the doctor from Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained from Alita Battle Angel. The, whatever his name is. That's an Christoph Woods. Amazing actor. But I think I'm going to dress up with him with like the code and the hat and I'm going to build that hammer. I think that's going to be my <laughs> next build. I'm going to build that. That is a badass hammer. That's like one of the best weapons I've seen in a long time. The I rocket hammer was a, a, was a work of art. That was so cool. I think I'm just going to build that thing. So uh, that's that's going to be my month of September is going to be spent building that thing. Or maybe half September, half October. I'll build that. Take it to the Renfest for Halloween. That's going to be cool. Um, let's see. Did you guys see It? Second trailer? This for the second movie? For the It yes. movie? Yes. Don't care. No. <laughs> Yeah, two hours oh, and forty-five minutes. That. I don't have that kind of. Time. Oh, it's it that long? Yes, oh, they just know. confirmed. Okay, I'll watch it. I don't mind. I don't know. I just has that kind of time. <laughs> no, Steven, let's go back to Stardew Valley. Nobody else. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk. Hundred hours of Stardew Valley. I don't have two hours and forty-five minutes. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I'm gonna challenge you guys to a battle. A what? Uh, Heroes of Might and Magic 3. Can you play that multiplayer nowadays online? I think so. Do you guys want to do a challenge at some point? We just go into a map and just kick each other's butts on that thing? I think that um, would be fun to like go in I, there and just... Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Play let's player, let's player talk versus, times. Player versus player. We'll do that separately from the podcast. So, Anyway, Andrusito, did you see? Because Andrew read it, right? You read that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to go watch it because Michelle likes it too. I'm just... I'm still not on board with the movie that, that you know, the, the boys all save the world by gang raping their best friend. Uh, it's just not right. So, oh, yeah, it's, well, it, it apparently wasn't wasn't rape, but, you know, it's statutory. <laughs> it was, con- it like, was consensual. Uh, what was 11 or 12-year-old? Yeah, 11 or 12-year-old group sex. So, and they but, saved the world. I guess that's all that matters. Well, if it's good enough for Roman Polanski... <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Candyman bringing a Polanski reference to the table. With perfect timing, by the way. Didn't even, and didn't even stoop to Dane Cook. Went straight for Roman Polanski. Yes. Topical? Jeff Epstein could have gone there. Yeah. Nope. The oh, oh, so you know what the reason you so the reason the reason um the reason I probably thought of it, I don't you guys probably didn't see the thing. So there was a um I'll see if I can find the, the photo for you. There's a somebody vandalized a sign here in LA, and uh, it was pretty funny. They 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 did the like the Hollywood you know the the what's a, the Tarantino you know, Tarantino movie. They vandalized the poster and put like Epstein and Polanski on oh, it. Instead. Oh, yeah, there was like oh, a nice. big big thing. I see if I can oh. find a picture. Of we it. actually may go tonight to watch that movie. The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is that what the name is? Yeah. Movie? Yeah. We may go see that. Man, scene. you should leave now. It, it's, uh, it's a three-hour movie? movie. Yeah. Okay. Ah, I can go bed late. I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> so, uh, what do we have? We have also a show called The Terror Infamy with George Takei. It premieres on AMC August 12th. I don't even know what this show's about. Has anybody heard about this show? 
the first show. season was awesome. Like, go back and watch the first season if you can. I don't know if it's on any kind of streaming service. But, but what is the show about? So it's it's kind of an anthology series. So mm-hmm. the the second season, which is that that season, is mm-hmm. a completely different story than the first season. Okay. The first season was about uh, a ship that basically should have zigged and and went straight instead and got stuck in Antarctica in the ice. Oh, okay. And it's based on a true story, but it gets into uh, Wendigo mythology. Oh, really? I like Wendigo mythology. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, that's a perfect segue, dude. Wendigo mythology because the new series of games is coming out, right? You know what series of games I'm talking about? The Until Dawn developer Dark Pictures Anthology is planned for eight games, and because the main monster of the original game, spoilers, was a Wendigo. Sorry if you ever wanted to play that game. Uh, I'll probably look it up. So, <laughs> anyway. Side until- note, when I, when I told you I was finally joining the Master Race and I pre-ordered a game on Steam, mm-hmm. that was the game I pre-ordered on Steam. You pre-ordered Until Dawn on Steam? Not Until Dawn, but the new... The new one? Yeah. Wow, yeah. You, are, you are leaving your, your love for Yes. That. Oh, I wow. know. You're joining us over here? Join us. On the dark side of gaming. It's happening. Andrew's becoming a PC gamer after years it's of It's happening, battle. everybody. It's happening. Wow. <laughs> so, She'll uh, love to see it. <laughs> so I saw the trailer, or I saw gameplay for the for the first episode of this planned eight games, and it's like you're in a boat out in the middle of nowhere, and it looks really good. Like, I honestly, I thought that Until Dawn game was really good. Even though you're kind of watching the gameplay itself... You just make a decision, and the game kind of just plays it for you. And then occasionally so, you get you get quick quick time events. But man, that's engrossing. That's an engrossing game. It's pretty. Good. I just really love that that they're making. Is it like eight games? I think six yes, or eight. Eight. It's yeah, they're making eight. eight games, and yeah. they're basing those eight games on classic uh, horror tropes. So. I was all on board as soon as they said they were going to do that, and and those games aren't for everybody. And I would. Like never tell anybody you need to get this game because it's awesome, but yeah. they're they're right up my alley. So I I knew I was gonna pre-order that one. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So are you pre-ordering just one, or do you pre-order all eight? To, is there a bundle or something? No, there's no bundle. There's actually no timeline either. The okay. like they have started on, they're doing two at a time basically mm-hmm. uh, as they as they create them. But um, there's no there's no kind of bundle, and you know we'll see we'll see how the first one goes, but. I imagine I'll probably end up pre-ordering all of them. Okay. It's the same thing that they do with a lot of those style games where if you pre-order it, you get an extra chapter or you get... There's some other, like, commentary or something that they add if you pre-order. Oh, okay. Cool. That's that's why I did it. Okay. So before we get too far away from Tarantino, his 10th and last film is rumored to be a Star Trek movie. And uh, have you guys heard anything about this? No, but that sounds interesting. You know what? And by the way... I, everyone's like I've been reading a lot of you know I'm closer to Hollywood. Um, there's been a lot of stuff about Tarantino, and, and I'm, I'm not even disagreeing necessarily. You know, Tarantino is, you know, his dialogue can be race, you know, racist and sexist and blah de blah. But but as far as inter- you know what, and the problem is, uh, you know, like I hate to throw out the baby with the bathwater. It's like, you know, I get it. But by the same token, you know, do we really have to lose everything that's good because, you know, because it's not politically correct? Yeah. I really, but I really enjoy the dialogue in his movies. It's just, even though, you know, I get why people are beefing, but... But in Django Unchained, you give power to the black man, man, big time. And so, yes, you know, he, he, he has a dirty mouth, so it's a lot of people. 
you know i don't know well and i think that it's the spirit of what he's trying to convey that comes through so the language can kind of be looked at as a secondary thing um that being said i mean i'm you know as in my day job as a teacher you've got to deal with that you know kind of language and presentation of material oh, regularly yeah. um if i'm teaching even of mice and men uses the n-word a couple of times and you know that's that's a whole day discussing it and a whole day of you know here's how it it's supposed to work here's why it doesn't yeah. work here's how it fits into the it's a whole thing and the fact that tarantino can kind of in real time run with it and you know use it in a way that's relevant to the setting of the film I don't have as much of a problem with it, but once again, I've got to acknowledge that I'm also not the one that has to worry about whether there's a problem with it or not. So, um, and he was sort of a guy that, that he was brought onto the radar because he did write dialogue really Mm -hmm. well. He wrote conversations really well. His his conversations, I know everyone talks about like Pulp Fiction, you know, like the conversation, like I still think about the conversations from, from that movie you know yeah right and even the ones that weren't even you know connected to the film i mean it's not advancing the plot it's just two people talking and you're getting a better sense of who they are as characters yeah it's what kevin smith did also about the same time maybe a little bit later because reservoir dogs came out in like what mid to late 80s yes and and then kevin smith's clerks came out in 93 right 94 maybe i don't know But but they both have yeah, that same kind of like the kind of same style where nothing else needs to be happening. You're just two people talking and having a mundane conversation, and that becomes interesting. And it's where you stop having all the special effects drive movies, and they actually have content in conversation. Right. And I think that what, what are you going to do? Censor that because you don't like the language? I don't know. I guess at some point, to what point are you? Are we going to start censoring like literature because we don't like what it says? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that question honestly. I'm just posing the question no, I, I agree it's I a t- i'm just saying you know i mean i get it you know but by the same token it's like you know if we throw out everything that might potentially ever offend somebody shit's gonna be pretty you know things are gonna start getting pretty fucking bleak because there just ain't gonna be much yeah you know yeah. it's gonna be like the south park non-denominational christmas show where they you know where you're just like wait a minute like everything is you know You've stripped every bit of personality from everything now. Yeah, yeah. You can't take a person's right to be an asshole. I think Dennis Leary said that a long time ago. <laughs> yes. You, you have I, to be able to be an asshole, and nobody can take that away from you. And I, so. I actually kind of support that. And there comes a point where you know, we're we're in a society where you get to say what you want. You're not free from the consequences. And so if you, if you're a filmmaker like Tarantino, who's made his bread and butter with this sort of stuff, um and you keep doing it and it works out well for you great you know you found your audience you found your voice and everybody understands who you are using this kind of these not just the the verbal language but also the visual language of the medium and um if he gets away with it if he can do it then that's great uh and if he doesn't well that's still kind of on him so yeah no real skin off of my nose. I mean, if you're going to do it, you know there's going to be some heat coming your way. And if you can take it, you do it. If you can't, you don't. And that's as yeah. far as the consequence has to go, really. You know? Yeah. So, but um, anyway, we can switch over to something that Candyman probably have a say about, which is G2A is under fire for lax security measures. There's a great marketplace. G2A 
sells like keys for games and they are not really sure, entirely sure where the keys are coming from. So there's people in different countries buying these keys for cheaper, cheaper and selling them in G2A sells them in every other country where the game would actually be more expensive and people are buying the key for cheaper, therefore not buying the game from a from a legitimate store. And so there's been a lot of back backfire against G2A lately. Yeah, there's a couple that are in that bad category. I think it's G2. I think Kinguin is the other one that's mm -hmm. that's in that category. <laughs> that are basically like they're essentially almost. Or I would almost argue like they're pretty much like key black markets at this point. Um, and a lot of it, the problem. So the problem we have, and this is, you know, this is a whole. This is a very interesting topic in my opinion, just in general, because the way in the world, you know, a lot of people complain about American uh, medical care prices and you know and then one of the things that comes up is well why is the drug you know why is it $75,000 for a course of cancer drugs in America and it's you know $3,000 in India like if you know if it if it costs that you know what I mean like why does America have to pay more but so setting that aside and just saying that shit ain't fair so you know that's why um, a lot of these keys uh, people will buy the keys from like you can use a VPN and you know make it look like you're in Russia and then go buy the key in rubles for you know pennies on the dollar and then you can bring it to the US and sell it and then what happens at some point is somebody figures out what happened and that whole you know there'll be you know thousands of keys that someone bought and sold and then at some point they'll do a you know they'll they'll realize what happened and there'll be a giant ban and people will get really butthurt because the people that got banned are the people who bought the stolen keys not knowing they were stolen even yeah. though at this point well like i said i bought a key from from g2i a long time ago before you know many years ago before it was known and and actually that was how i learned i didn't actually get in any trouble um but i heard that i was playing elder scrolls online at the time which i incidentally don't recommend anybody do <laughs> um but I, uh, I bought a key from them, and I found out a bunch of people that bought keys at the same time I had that there was a huge ban wave, that apparently there was a huge number of stolen keys, and a lot of people got banned, and somehow I didn't, but a lot of people did, and that's when I basically, that was the last, first and last time I bought a, a key from them. But yeah, it's typically, and well, and there's two major ways that people do it. One is that they, they abuse regional pricing, and the other one is um, just stolen credit cards. Oh, okay. You know, they'll just steal a credit card, buy the keys, and then, you know, then sell the keys before the card gets reported stolen. And then again, the key gets, you know, because they're really, the person, they're, they're not stealing the money from the developer because the developer, or the, I shouldn't say the developer, but the publisher, the publisher's just going to ban your ass. They're just going to take your key away. The, the person who gets screwed is the person who paid the money. Because the yeah. customer that paid the money just lost their money. You got it, and uh, and but also developers like are saying developers are saying please pirate our games instead of giving money to G2A. They're to that point. Like if you're gonna do something bad, pirate the game. Don't give money to the GTA G2A people because they're not being accountable as to where those keys are coming from. And that's yeah. Where they're it's, it's pretty. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, it brings up a whole lot of interesting subjects, you know, as far as, you know, why are things, you know, why are things the way they are in the first place? Like, why are we, 
you know, it would be nice if we could, I don't know how you solve the problem, though. You know, it'd be nice if everybody could, you know, have the same access to things, but mm -hmm. I don't know how you figure that out, so. It's always hard. And uh, we're we're starting to wrap up, right? Because we're almost at the two-hour mark or so, yes. I think. So let's talk just quick about the good old games Galaxy 2.0. We'll combine all game libraries. Right now they have a beta going on. And Galaxy, Galaxy good, good old games is owned by CD Projekt Red. And this is one of the reasons why CD Projekt Red did not want to make Cyberpunk an exclusive, not even an exclusive of good old games. They were seeing what Epic was doing as something just morally wrong, I guess. And so they said, no, we're going to have this on sale for everybody else. So instead of trying to pay people money to put games on their site, what they're doing is they're offering uh, customers a better product, quote unquote, a better product. I can't attest to that because I haven't used it yet. But it's a, it's a, it's a service that combines all your friends list, all your games into one client. Uh, it's not 100% perfect, but I think it's as perfect as it could get right now from watching the reviews of it. I've been watching a couple of reviews of it and how it works. And um, and hopefully without the data mining that Epic uh, has reportedly, or not reportedly, been using. Not Epic per se, but the parent company of Epic, which is Tencent, right? Which owns about 40-some-odd percent or maybe 40% of, of Epic. So uh, at least you don't have like a dark person in the background trying to pull strings or doing things like that. So if City Project Red starts selling people's information, then they're going to hurt themselves, I think. So we'll see how that happens. You know, the beta is going on. I don't, I don't, I don't see that there's a date here of release, but I don't know if you guys have any opinions on the matter as to uh, Galaxy. So I've got a lot of love for good old games. Mm -hmm. um, for years, I would, you know, whenever we would get together, or whatever, <laughs> I'd be over to Andy's house. There would be um, just piles of electronics, just just these old piles of circuit boards, just, just every conceivable widget and gizmo and doodad. And he'd spent time making what he called his hoopty computer. And that was just trying to make the slowest computer he could so that he could play all of those old games. Um, mm -hmm. And so whenever I heard that they've got this site, it's got all the old games on it. They are clocked, or they're they're kind of <clears throat> propped up so that you can use them on modern computers. I was really excited to hear it. And of course, I love CD Projekt Red. Uh, it's one of those companies that seems to have a really good business model. It seems to be you know doing business with integrity, and as a result, I want to see them make you know all their money. Mm -hmm. um, and. I think one of the things that I, one of the reasons that I'm going to get burned on a lot of stuff is that I'm like, well, they probably know what they're doing. Uh, so I'm probably going to get involved with the beta and I'm probably going to get all of my information stolen. <laughs> well, you let so, us know. You're going to be our I guinea will. pig. Uh, whenever you start getting uh, emails from me about uh, free boner pills, you'll know what's happened. Yeah, you're just gonna get an email that says, "Help! I'm trapped in, you know, France, and I need you to wire me a thousand dollars." I'm that's, like, "Good that's... luck, man. I don't like you that much." 
And dollars is going to be spelled with an E. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Two At which point you just write back, oh, bon voyage. <laughs> Bye-bye. I know you were the best man at my wedding, but see ya. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't the best man in my living room right now. Yeah. So enjoy. I can mail you a French-English dictionary. That's the best I can do. Well, and it's, it's amazing, though, how much that stuff works, especially with, like, older, you know, not to be mean to anybody, but, like, older people, you know, like... It, it's pretty amazing how how people will bite on stuff like that. Yep. Um, so this is a bit tangential, and I know that we're wrapping, but I've got to share this story with you. So mm -hmm. my father's retired. You got to understand that he was the guy that was never going to retire. He didn't want to. He was going to work till the day he died. And then in 2008, the housing market takes a giant dump, and he's no longer in the construction business, which is probably the best thing for him. But now he has a lot of time that he has to fill. And one of the things that he loves doing with all of his newfound time is every time he gets one of those telemarketers calling him up, if they make the mistake of saying, how are you doing today? Oh. They might as well hang oh. up the phone. Yeah. Uh, because I was sitting there uh, yesterday, just, just hanging out. A guy calls and my father, he says, you know, do you, how are you feeling? And my father launches into a seven minute long tirade oh, on how he actually has hemorrhoids. <laughs> except, except he's using the old person term piles. So he's like, oh, I've got, oh, it's terrible. I've got these piles. Have you ever heard about, I think they call them now. And just, he just keeps going until finally he just looks at us and hangs up the phone. He's like, he hung up. Yeah. <laughs> But it was like, have you ever had those? I mean, oh, it's, you know what? It's really good to hear from somebody because nobody ever really seems to want to talk to me around here. So, <laughs> so I went to the doctor's office and they, that exam is so embarrassing and he's digging around down there. It just keeps going and it's hilarious. Oh. So yes, sometimes the elderly uh, and uninitiated can be gullible and sometimes they can have piles. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, my family complains that I share too much of my colonoscopy information and things like that things that are improper in mixed conversation in well, mixed company i guess well, <laughs> be showing the, 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 the footage at um, christmas no I, I don't no the doctor didn't want to release the footage no, <laughs> it's far too <laughs> ghastly <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to start putting this video fit, feed on the twitch thing all these pictures you can just oh, do it no, yeah please tell me you're not gonna yeah. Yeah. Andreas, I'll be the best man at your wedding, but please don't make me see the inside of your colon. <laughs> yep, nope. Oh, just, just as a personal favor. <laughs> well, and to be, to be fair with you, if I had to choose, I'd rather see the inside than the outside. Well, yeah, all right. Probably, yeah, because sometimes you don't know what you're looking at. Maybe that's uh, ignorance is bliss, <laughs> that's right? A, that's a mercy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it all looks pink. I don't know what it is. I'm good. So <laughs> it's just a bunch of chewed bubble gum and oh no no yeah, no that's not right okay well to close the podcast I want to come back to something that it had said or proposed in a previous podcast but we lost that footage so I want you to talk just very briefly about Alien the role playing game and how and maybe we can get Andrew roped into this because we can do online through that tabletop uh, what yes. is it, uh, simulator so if you want to tell us a little bit about that and then all right so, uh, it, it, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, wow, you know, they're redoing the playing game. Um, yeah, wait, wait, you cut up for a second. Can you say that again? Well, uh, what I was saying was is that whenever I first heard about it, I was like, oh, wow, they're uh, 
they're reissuing the Aliens role-playing game. Yeah. Um, but it turns out it isn't. Um, in the... I don't know if it was late 80s or early 90s, but there was a publishing company that put out uh, what's called the Aliens Adventure Game. And it's a role-playing game in the Aliens universe. Yeah. Um, and it is a dedicated player-killer system. It's merciless. <laughs> um, so much so that when Andy and I played it, we had to roll up a couple of characters, and then there was just this sheaf of like NPCs waiting in the wings for when we inevitably got bumped off. Um, and it was really fun watching Andy die horribly over <laughs> and over again. I'm not even kidding. So, so literally, what happened was like, all right, the dropship lands. You get out, and it's like, okay, you see something coming at you, and I'm like. I, I shout and say, are you human? And they don't say anything, and they speed up. So I start shooting, I miss, and I'm dead. That, that was my whole... That was, and then I fucking sat no. around for like two hours. And I was like, what the no. fuck? Here's the deal. It's the, the story is this is still this was, this was like 27 years ago. I'm still a little upset. <laughs> yes. So the story is partially true. The, the way it actually worked was this. The dropship lands, he and I jump out. Andy being the consummate role player and having seen the movie goes, I pull out my motion tracker. <laughs> so we take about 10 steps and the motion tracker lights up. And by the way, the, the DM was like, Oh man, you're really awesome for remembering that. And most of my guys always forget it and they get mad at me. We're like, Oh no, we're good at this stuff. We're, you know, blah, 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 blah. Next thing I know, bam, aliens got Andy. He's doing a full Heisman across this desert landscape. I open up because I've never seen an alien before and therefore don't know about acid for blood. But turns out I'm a better shot than Andy, so I hit the damn thing right in the spine and just bathe Andy. Oh. His character technically survived, but was in a cryopod pretty much from minute three till <laughs> eternity. I don't think we ever went back to that character. Um, and the DM just, he loved killing us. So I saw that they were making a new one, and I was like, okay, well, that's kind of fun. You know, check it out. So the system is a D6 system. Uh, it's got a couple of specific hit dice, mm -hmm. and it actually has two different game modes. One of them is the campaign mode, which is supposed to be a little more forgiving. In other yeah. words, you roll up a character, and you go on your adventures through the alien universe, mm -hmm. um, and you know, hopefully you live. And then there's another one called the cinematic mode, uh -huh. which is all of the characters are NPCs, all of the risks are are picked up and it's only supposed to take about two to three hours to get through a session mm -hmm. um it deals a lot with stealth it has sort of the call of cthulhu terror meter in other oh, words the, cool. the, the more scared you are the more difficult things become to do yeah. um and it is i'm really excited to take i've got the the pdf uh rpg right now yeah um I'm looking forward to getting the actual book and the DM screen and the dice and really kind of tying it all together because it's, uh, it looks really good. I'm really excited to see where it goes. And I would, I would be more than happy to DM for you guys at some point. Yeah, I'm into that. And how yeah. much is the software, that role-playing software, whatever, the table? Okay, so I pre-ordered it mm -hmm. uh, because I already read some of the reviews. I'd seen some of the content. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And I actually got, because I'm employed and not you know, 16 anymore. <laughs> I just went ahead and got like the official set, which was about a hundred bucks. Uh, you can pick most of it up for about 30 or 40 bucks. Uh, 
you get the PDF and the book, but I also wanted the DM screen, the cards, the dice, everything. I want the, you know, if they've got a giant cut out of an alien, I'm just gonna I'm gonna make a mask out of it and wear it every time I'm DMing. Um, but uh, by and large, uh, it looks really good so far, and I'm I'm excited to to get to play it. So as players, we just buy like the PDF or whatever. Just to have you something can. to go on. But I was asking actually about the software that we're going to be playing on, like to be able to share and talk. Well, see, that's and... what I was wondering. I mean, won't, could we use like, t- I've, I, you know, I bought Tabletop Simulator and I have yet to turn it on. I'm How much is that? I can capitalize that... on my on my investment. So apparently you can redo some of the pieces. So I should mm-hmm. be able to reproduce, reproduce all the dice that are involved. Okay. And uh, okay. any of the cards, I can probably set up a... Uh, I can probably set up a file share so you can at least see them. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd be all into uh, that. Yeah. We could have maybe a once a month one-off, you know, or try it and see how often we want to meet for that. Yeah, see how it goes. That'd be really cool. Cool. I could turn around and start doing Call of the Cthulhu back, you know, just to... Well, and that'd be kind of fun to point is, uh, Andy's going to be dead real fast. Yes, that's a precedent. Precedent has been established. There's a pattern to this, and the classics are a classic for a reason. So yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. die, and then I'm gonna and then and then I'm gonna basically pout about it. So that's that's basically <laughs> where we're at. So basically, we yeah, need to have a mute button for Candyman for right after he dies. <laughs> well, I just need to have like a book or something for, <laughs> for like what I'm gonna do for the next three hours after I go down in the first round of the fight. Well, I guess you're gonna have to Last get like two monitors. Andy. Keep one monitor on tabletop simulator. The second monitor is gonna be Stardew Valley for when you die. You just... <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> and that's gonna be your therapy. You're gonna be like, you know, uh, collecting crops and things like that. And, and sure, I sure an alien ate my face, but at least I've got a date to the dance. Yep. <laughs> Does this look like an eggplant to you? That's the flower dance. I'll have you know. <laughs> Okay. Not just a dance. You know, I, I was in the flower dance. Nobody wanted to dance with me. It was a sad. And to be totally life. fair, it's, it's all sour. <laughs> it's all sour grapes to me for the exact same reason. Um, I didn't get a ticket to the dance, so Andy's got to die. Yeah, exactly. You got it. All right. Well, with that, I think we come to the conclusion of Mutant Donkey Podcast number seven. I think this is number seven, right? Yes. And uh, so, sure. thank you guys all for coming. Unless Might anybody well. wants has any parting remarks or anything. I think we're. Uh, it's been a pleasure, guys. I am going to go get my. Well, 110 outside today, by the way. It's oh 110. My God. Holy. I went, I went home for the 4th of July, which is Bakersfield, where Ethan lives. And it was like in the low to mid 90s. It was, it was it's actually crazy. humane. People could actually live there and not die. Yeah. Um, no. It is no longer the case. No, no. now it is just. That time has gone by now. Wow. <laughs> so, Andrew, either you're gonna go take a big nap now, or what? Oh, uh-huh. yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I'm probably just about done for the world today. Oh, okay. Cool. But I don't know. Maybe I'll pretend like I'm still podcasting up here and start playing a, a game before <laughs> I go back and join the family. There you go. You make your lemonade. <laughs> yeah. I'm t- oh, by the way, so yeah, I'm telling you, Project Zomboy. We just got to get cars because apparently the cars don't take durability damage, so you can just literally just run down as many zombies as you want. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. good to know. I'm, I'm I want to see video of at least three cars driving and just careening through zombies. Well, we're going to be streaming live on Twitch whenever we play that, so you should get a 
if you follow me on Twitch, then you if you f follow Mutant Donkey on Twitch, you should be able to see footage of that stuff. Awesome. Which is really fun. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for being part of this podcast. Thanks for having us. And we'll see you in next month night. or something like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> we don't see you first. All right. I am done Bye. with school, so I'll see you next time. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Smell you later. Good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mutant Donkey podcast. If you'd like to contact us, please send us an email at mutantdonkey at gmail.com. That's mutant donkey with a three instead of an e at gmail.com. We will also put this email address in the show notes. Thank you.